Legions. Welcome once again to the What You've Been Watching podcast. I am your host, the hungover, marvelous Mike Dudley. <laughs> Joined as always by my co-host cohort and youngest brother. MD3 Marcus Dudley checking in on you. What is going on out there in podcast land? We are broadcasting, as always, live from the What You Have Been Watching studios right here in Tallahassee, Florida, in the shadows of Dope Campbell Stadium. What's going on, my brother? How are you? Oh, I'm hurting, bro. I'm hurting. Well, you hang on to that hurt while we give our plugs. You want to shout out <laughs> Kesta. Always bright. Thank That's you for right. the love. I, I genuinely jam out to the theme song every time it comes on. I, I genuinely like that song. It does fill me with happiness. When we were scrolling through the, the free song library that you're a go-to, we were like, eh, maybe, eh, maybe, eh, maybe. We heard that one. We were like, ooh, save that one. It's going to be the contender It's going right to be there. the one. And then we listened about 25, 31. We were like, yeah, just go back to the yeah. one. We like that one we a lot. We kept coming back to it, yeah, like yeah, over and over again. So A genuine jam. We appreciate that. So, yeah. Kesta, always bright. You can find us. At whatcha been watching podcast at gmail.com. Correct, sir. Where else can they find us, my brother? You can find us on Facebook at Dudley Bros Podcast or just search the worldwide interwebs for whatcha been watching and look for the uh, great, illustrious banner done by uh, MK Dudley Art. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, big announcement. We have merchandise. Boom, son. And uh, let's just say that it's a limited run. Um, so extremely limited. Extremely limited run, but it's all right, though. We're, we're in the merch game now. So uh, you can reach us out. Uh, just hit us up on Facebook. Uh, if you want, just hit us up in the slide in the DMs, or you can hit us at the uh, the email, what you've been watching, podcast at gmail.com. We got some uh, shirts. It's got the banner right. with, on a purple shirt, and it's pretty right. rad. We'll put Rinus purple. Yes, and we will... Probably we'll have... Uh, it's got the logo. It looks great. We'll have pictures up by the time this... Uh, Super this soft hits. cotton. Yeah. Looks good on boys, girls. Whomever. Whomever. If you want to give it to your dog, I don't know. Limited run. Shell out 20 bucks. It's all yours. That's right. Just All yours. Put some money in an envelope. Put it on a carrier pigeon. <laughs> However you get it to us, we'll get you that t-shirt. And just go, rattler strike, and they'll know. <laughs> we'll know. Let it go. It'll fly to Mike Tyson's house first and then come to us. <laughs> All these pigeons keep selling us. <laughs> With $20, take two of them. Thank you. Thank you, pigeon. Yeah, dude, Mike Tyson's a G. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so what's been up, my dude? Oh, man. Uh, we are finally entering, or I'm sorry, exiting the hell week at work. We have been two guys down and just had Mother's Day brunch. So, notoriously one of the worst brunch days in all of the restaurant year. In, in restaurant history is yeah. fucking Mother's Day. Yeah, that and Easter are... If you're going out, if you're taking your mom out for brunch on Mother's Day, fuck you. Stay yeah, at cook, home. Cook that bitch something. Go make her some bacon and eggs. Take her to the pool. Fucking yeah. take her to Chippendales or the movies. <laughs> I don't know. Go anywhere but brunch. Everybody goes to brunch and then everybody always complains when Mother's Day brunch doesn't go well. Yeah. Because you got bad. 400 people packed in a restaurant that fits about 20. Yeah. All demand service because their mother is the best. Mm -hmm. Guess what? She's not. She's not. I mean, you know, sometimes your Marsha or uh, what is it? Uh, uh, not Jan Brady. Who's the Mark? Who's Marcia? the not Mark? The, the mother. Oh, I don't know. All right. Anyway, sometimes your Tom Mrs. Brady. Tom Brady, right? Yeah. Sometimes you're Tom Brady, and sometimes <laughs> you're Marsha Brady. Sometimes you're <laughs> Casey <still> Anthony. <laughs> it still works. It still works. <laughs> Oh, man, yeah. Shout out to all the Tom Brady mothers out there. Good on the show. Every mother will now be referred to as Tom Brady. Oh, man. So, yeah, man, it's been, uh, it's been a crazy week for myself as well, man. Just did the Mother's Day hangout yesterday. That's right. Went it's been busy. 
old Mambo. Got to hang out with her. Had some laughs. Yeah, man. You had us roll, man. I don't know. You were on one last night. I was? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, we were I was killing. telling stories about me being hood rich, man. <laughs> if you need a way back in the... They probably don't apply. They've, they've closed all these loopholes. But, man, when I was a kid, I was pretty ghetto fabulous, man. If there was a... <laughs> A way to do something for the cheap or for the free ski? Your boy was probably hip to it. Like I was, you, you pretty much have built up this whole reputation of like you got a guy for everything. Like yeah. I got a car guy, I got a tattoo guy. I, shit, I, I can get you a toe, dude. Hey, I can get you a toe I, by three thirty right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> With or without green toe, no polish. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, the hippies will always lose, Mister Lebowski. <laughs> the bums lost. Oh, the bums lost. Oh yeah, the bums will always lose. Yeah, sorry, I watched you. Right. But yeah, no, we were uh, just regale. I was regaling people with some tales of that, and we were just kind of taking a trip down having memory a, lane, having to sew our our Chinese to go boxes closed because we had stuffed them so full that. Yeah, speak well. I guess we could segue into it real quick. Uh, shout first off, shout out to all the moms out there. Whatever, who if you identify as a mother in any way, shape, or right. form, thank you for what the hell you do. You're not. It goes. It's a thankless ass and job. You know what? I'm gonna throw this out there. Shout out to all the motherfuckers out there. Yeah. If you're fucking a mom, <laughs> shout out to shout you. Shout out to you too. <laughs> yeah, for real. You do an important role. Yeah. You keep her satisfied. You keep son. her stable is what you do. That's right. Oh man. Um, but no, when we would uh, we lived at our mom's house, and there was a Chinese buffet place across the way, and we would order two of them to go, but we would get in the boxes. And overload. I'm talking like we're slamming them on the counter. Noodles are flying. <laughs> what we would do is we would like. Take a toothpick, an extra long, like a damn kebab stick, and we would weave them shits closed, like in and out, like a threading of it. That's right. <laughs> and we would sew the styrofoam closed, and we would make the the, the proprietors, which I know Michael wants to do a voice right now. But I, I do. I won't, but I do. Yeah, I know. It's, it's chomping at the bit. <laughs> so we're going to put a kibosh on that. But uh, let's just say they weren't happy. You have too much food. You have too That's much right. food. You can't do this anymore. If it doesn't close, and we're like, right. it's closed. We're cracking the back to let it close. It's closed. <laughs> They started charging my weight very quickly after that. No <laughs> we doubt. literally changed the food, the Chinese to-go food game in Tallahassee. Yep, yep. That place, they were like, oh, if you get to-go, we charge you by weight. I was like, damn. We broke <laughs> it. They broke it. Bro, I used to put, I literally used to put Ziploc baggies in my pockets Just... and load up with Chinese donuts and like all the like, you know, like snack foods and like finger foods. Yeah. Yeah, just put them in my pockets yeah. and just line that shit. Yeah. Walk out just... with miso soup in my shoe. <laughs> I'm just the type just, of... Just dump some egg drop soup in my sock. <laughs> just right there. Just tie it off while it drips out the store. We ain't going that far. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, so we were sitting there uh, rapping about some of that last night. But We were some knuckleheads. Yeah. Bunch of rap scallions, yeah. us. Yeah, latchkey kids, man. <laughs> find a way. We'll find a way. So, shit, man. Well, uh, enough of that, though. Let's ask the million dollar question. The reason everybody tunes in bi-weekly. What you been watching, my brother? My man, I just saw probably the fifth greatest shark movie ever made. The fifth greatest? Is fifth it after greatest. Jaws 1 through 4? Correct, sir. Okay. <laughs> or Sharknado's got to be up there. I actually have never seen Sharknado. I so. saw one of them, but it was... Yeah, I didn't. I came in like halfway through and I got the plot, but right, I was just right. like, oh, this I, is insanity. I, I actually get why they're popular. It's like, oh... Well, I mean, like shoestring like budgets and campy bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I love any movie that knows what kind of flick it is and doesn't take itself too no, seriously. Dude, yeah. So anyway, uh, I saw the Meg. I just saw the trailer for the second one, and that's, yeah. I want to see the second one. Yeah, bad. that's actually what prompted me to watch the uh, the first one because I had just never seen it. It was one of those that like I'd always planned to, and it just sort of uh, 
always just kind of slid, you know, past my radar, you know, yeah. by, by the time it's I never actually got around to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, I'm the same, but I've never seen it, but I, I want to, it was, it was just one of those things I never got around to. It. Yeah. It was the first thing that popped up on like Amazon or something like that. And I was like, like literally page one, item one. I was like, you know what? There you go. For for once, my uh, my list actually gives me something that I'm kind of into watch at the moment. So. The algorithm finally. Yeah, exactly. Out. I need to just be better about that because I know that's the things that they want to make popular. What's new or what's out? But I just death scroll. Mm-hmm. And if I'm like getting charged, well, what do I want to watch? I'm like, eh, not this. And it's like just fucking pick something. So good right. for you for overcoming that and just making it a quick decision. Boom. Yeah. The Meg. Yeah. I found that if I scroll for more than like two minutes, then I'm just going to end up watching something I've watched before anyway. It's going to end up being Kitchen Nightmares or BoJack Horseman yep. or just some sh- stupid bullshit background noise. And then at that, at that point, who cares? You yeah. know what I mean? So I just, I, I try to put a hard like two minute limit on it. Yeah. Okay. It so, works for me, but yeah. I'll, Cause, I'll cause the problem that. is you start scrolling and then you go, Oh, I could kind of watch that. And then you scroll five more and you go, Oh, I could kind of watch that. And you put so many options in your head that you're, that you're weighed down. And we're Libras. It, right. Yeah. And indecisive and yeah. everything's gotta be perfect. I gotta find the perfect movie. I can't just put yeah. on a movie. My issue is I typically watch stuff super late at night. Mm-hmm. And so if it's something like I was, I was this close to watching for those that I know it's an audio podcast, you can't see my fingers, but, but I promise you, they're very close they're together. They're very close together. To putting on heat with Valley oh. Cameras. And I forgot it was like a fucking two hour and 50 minute movie. Yep. And it's like 11 o'clock. I was like, if I start this shit, I will finish this shit. Yep. And then I'll hate myself tomorrow. Yep. But I'll be like, like man, that high I'm scene. So, that, I'm so tired, but that high scene was dope. That high scene was dope. <laughs> <laughs> Opens up with a banger too. Don't forget it. They flip that truck. Oh, is that where they, that's the armored truck run? Yeah, they flip that shit quick. Badass movie. It's on the list, but we'll talk about that later. So what do you think about the Meg though, man? Uh, on the one hand, it's, it, it's a movie, like I said, it, it definitely knows what type of movie it is. I think Jason Statham more so than than everybody else in the movie like i think he and rain wilson are the only two cats that were like oh this is like just one step up from like sci-fi movie of the week movie so let's just have fun whereas everybody else is like they're all like there's this like international cast i think they were really trying to cater to the chinese market because it features a lot of like chinese actors and stuff like that but they're all taking it super serious like they're giving their all. Meanwhile, Jason Statham's like, it's a fucking shark, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Um, no, it, I mean, you kind of... It didn't detract from the movie, though, them taking it seriously. Or they... No. It, sometimes I, it works better if, like, everyone is taking the thing... Like, the threat's not real if somebody sure. doesn't take it seriously. Otherwise, it becomes a fucking comedy. But, right, know. then it's a joke. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, like the people that die in snakes on a plane, like yes, they die in hilarious fashion, but like those actors take it very seriously. You have to play to sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. But but there's a fine line. You know what I mean? Like you right. can't you can't take a movie like that too seriously because then you end up with like The Room or something like that. You right. Know? Like right. So, uh, but yeah, it was fun. I will say that it is that movie is the dumbest collection of smart people I've ever seen in my life. Like they're all scientists and like poly you know uh what do they call them uh, polyglots or 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 you know they speak multiple languages they're they're oh, masters yeah. in multiple fields they're like yeah i'm a i'm a mathematician and a bioengineer it's like all right like and nobody acts in this movie like they've got any goddamn sense like any like <laughs> just basic life sense just basic just how do you like not how 
how long did you piss on the toilet seat before somebody told you you had to lift it? You know what I mean? Right, like, right. how did you just walk away and just not know you were supposed to wipe your ass? Like, how did this? You can't function in, in normal society living as you do. Yeah. No. Well, I'm sure they all get eaten by a shark in glorious fashion. Not all of them. Most, Most of the ones them. you want to die. Most though, of I'm them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's probably not all of them, because I know I saw the trailer for the second one. Apparently now they're like a super Meg hunting team now. And they're like, there's been no action on the Megs recently. But then there's a Mega Megalodon, and it's like, yeah, Yo. take my money. So, <laughs> he fights so, them with the jet ski. A Mega Megalodon. It's, oh my god, it's an ultra super Megalodon. <laughs> Shin Megalodon. Shin Megalodon. <laughs> Power level 9,000. What? Exactly. Oh man! Now I want to watch that, but uh, it, it seems like I said that it, it knows exactly what it is. Like, like it, you described it best as like a sci-fi movie. Yeah, a movie of the week, but that actually has a major Hollywood budget. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah yeah yeah! I mean, they, you see where they spent all the money, and it was not in logic or reason. Do they show the shark pretty early? Uh, very early. Like, well, they intimate the shark real early, and then probably about I don't know. 20, 30 minutes into it, you actually do see, like, that. that's when they full-on show the shark and stuff like that. They do a really good job of, like, slowly peeling the, the curtain back and giving you just a little bit of the monster at a time. So that by the time you actually see the shark, you're like, wow, that's a big-ass shark. Big-ass shark. Big-ass toothfish. <laughs> the toothfish. <laughs> so Some kind of big-ass toothfish. Big-ass tooth and catfish. There it is, yes. <laughs> Are there catfish in the film? Uh, I'm. You know what? I didn't identify catfish, but I don't want to say that there's not catfish. I also don't know the difference between a catfish because to me there's and just, a not fish. There's a shark. <laughs> there's like an octopus, and the rest are just pretty much catfish. As far <laughs> dolphins. As like, dolphins. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dumplings. I like to call Dump- them. <laughs> dumplings. But other than that, I don't. I don't know the difference. I have learned that there are non-whiskered catfish in the. I had to go to the Virgin Islands on a snorkeling expedition. I remember that. You, you gave me a call that day. You were like, Michael, I just learned something today. Did you know that there are non-catfish in the water? Non-whiskered catfish in the water? I, I said, but like, I don't know, Michael. I didn't know that. I said, but I don't know yet. I still got to do more research. And anytime you pause, we you go... We ain't scientists. Exactly. But anytime you pause, you go, I got to do more research. In the field. In the field. In the field. <laughs> Your response was time you go... Holy shit, they have catfish in fields now? I go, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Some of our stupidity. Oh, oh man. So what else yeah. on the Meg before uh, we segue? I mean, it was it was it's fun. Like, I mean, like I said, they they slowly pull the curtain back and reveal a little bit of the monster. None of the technology makes any sense. Like the, the technology just exists to advance the plot far enough to get to the next plot point. Right. Um, you know, they it's one of those like uh We I, need I, a blank. Right, we we science our science basically. Right, right. Like, well, if we just reverse the polarity on the engines, then oh my god, it's like turning it into a vacuum. Like, hey, you know, stupid yeah. shit like that. Yeah. Um, I will say, and this is kind of a major spoiler, but not really. I, be- I you go ahead be- because <laughs> well, they catch the Meg with like forty minutes left in the movie. And like your cognizance, like you're very aware of like, wow, this is a short ass movie. If and you're like, man, I haven't developed enough care for these characters to watch this for another. <laughs> very Lord of the Rings, this is right. not. <laughs> right, exactly. But they, I mean, the movie's only, I mean, less than two hours. I think it probably tops I out at like, I, I think it probably tops out, you know, just shy of two hours. It's it's like an hour and like 40 minutes or yeah, so. Yeah, I can do that. Um, but 
with 40 minutes left and they literally have the shark like hanging up from the the tail fan of the boat by the crane and you're like god damn there's like it's been an hour like there there's no way like so of course you know there's going to be another shark and then as soon as you say like there's going to be another shark and even bigger megalodon shows up nice that's <laughs> and literally bites the miniature megalodon in half lands on the boat destroying the boat that's what i'm talking about and then proceeds to go to a beach and still manage to come up from underneath people even though this thing is like 90 feet long <laughs> <laughs> somehow like just managed to get into the shallow end no problem and everybody's like I didn't see it coming I didn't see it coming whatsoever <laughs> it's a fucking apartment building sneaking <laughs> yeah, up it's like an apartment sneaking up on you in the forest like, where did that come from <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like a Sherman Abrams tank <laughs> like, where did that come from yeah, it just yeah. snuck up on yeah. me hmm. yeah. well plot armor you know <laughs> yeah. all the sharks must have plot armor but uh and then, yeah, and then they spend all this technology to fight the shark, and it, they literally just beat the shark in hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> it's just Jason Statham just punching a shark. He's like, if I could get it one-on-one, hear me out. <laughs> Tell me this. Have you ever seen the transporter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One through three? <laughs> <laughs> the science just becomes like, if I can Hobbs and Shaw my way to the transporter, <laughs> then dead and everyone's like, I don't care. Whatever he's saying is irrelevant. Like... Uh, no, I like that guy, man. Statham. What do you rate it? What do you rate it? Oh, uh, man. I'm going to give it uh, a million pounds per square inch of bite pressure. It's pretty favorable. It's a pretty favorable review. All right, it's sure, on the list. Sure, it's sure. on the list, man. Now, mind you, we're going to build a, a shark-proof construction, a shark-proof tank that we're going to put into the water, and it's going to be made out of, like, polyurethane plexiglass that's, like, ten times stronger than diamond. But then we're going to put chicken wire at the bottom. So just don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. In the trailer for the second one, they had like little mechanized suits at the bottom. Oh, like, what? Jesus. They're like, fuck. what could that be? And I'm like, I bet it's a man. <laughs> <laughs> and he kicks it, man. And when I watched him jump on the jet ski and kick it, I'm like, yeah. Buddy, take my money. Take my money. You, sir, have just sold yeah, a ticket. sold a ticket. When I saw him kick a shark that was like an unstoppable force, just swam through an entire boat, biting docks in half, and then you kick it in the nose and it stops. It's like, yup. <laughs> this time it's personal. That shark killed my father. Shark killed my father. <laughs> what else have you been watching, my dude? Oh, man. Uh, did we talk about uh, Dead Alive last time? No, we didn't. I didn't. Uh, we were, we put it on pause because I'm gonna watch that. You're gonna watch Guardians okay. three okay. eventually, or okay. John Wick four, and we're gonna have a meeting of the minds. Okay. We can actually talk about two movies. We sure, seen right? Okay. All right. So I'll, I'll put a hold on Dead yeah. Alive. But needless one. to say, if you have not seen Dead Alive, speaking of movies that don't take itself too seriously and knows exactly what kind of movie it is, and like it runs the fine line of like just enough people take it seriously. That movie is phenomenal. I I was laughing my ass off. Like I've been laid up with back pain for the past two weeks. Still would watch that movie again. Like I was laughing so hard I was in pain. I was literally crying from how much my back hurt from laughing. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And it's not a comedy, is it? But it is though. Yeah, I mean, no. Technically, it's a horror movie, but it's a horror movie in the same way that like Evil Dead oh, is a horror movie or Army of Darkness is a horror movie. Like it's it's. Very much more, you know, like, bloodbath than it is, you know, The Exorcist. Right, right, right. 
But it's, uh, didn't Peter Jackson of Speaking of Lord of the Rings, didn't he direct Peter it? Jackson's, yeah. I think it was his first or second outing think, in, he also in, in the film venue. He did Canadian Bacon, I think. Did he do Canadian Bacon? I think so. I don't know. If, I think that's a Rob Reiner deal. I think he did, or it was one of those. I think it is Canadian Bacon, I think he did. Please pause for our station identification. identification. (laughs) So anyway, on latest episode of Marcus Don't Know Shit. Uh, Wait. (laughs) I was not that adamant about that one. But it was Michael Moore, the director of uh, Bowling for Columbine and a bunch of other angry white dude stuff. He directed Canadian Bacon. A bunch of angry white dude stuff. Uh, Yeah, I don't know, man. But no, he directed Canadian. I remember it was one of them did that movie, and I, you could see why I missed I, them. Up. I could see how you were getting confused. I remember like, that movie. I'm always confusing their their artistic styles. Yeah, yeah. One's <laughs> fantasy and one's delusional. <laughs> Bring it all down. Burn it down. Uh, no, but I, it was an honest. I, for why I remember that though, why that movie pinged on my radar of like <coughs> that movie has a director you wouldn't expect. Again, it's weird shit that I sure. know for some reason. But like anyway, but whatever. Didn't quite get all the way there, but you were. You yeah, know, I was you got like four fifths of the way there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Anyhow, so yeah, we'll we'll definitely check that out. Though, what's called Dead Alive. Dead Alive. Yeah, yeah. It's it's if you think that they can't squeeze more blood into a movie. They do. I remember watching, like, uh, seeing that movie on um, the movie gallery shelves mm-hmm. on the grocery store shelves. I have seen it. Um, Chlamydia is the soup. It is the soup. No, well, you I, might be a doctor or whatever, but you are entitled to your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! When I remember seeing that, and it had some like it was in the movie section that was like uh, a lot of stuff banned in 30 countries. Oh, yeah, banned, yeah. Like, it it's had like right all, next to like Faces of Death yeah, and, and all like the other shit. Poltergeist yeah. 4. And, yeah. and I remember that one having like a warning sign on it and it was like, warning, not for suitable. And I was like, I must watch because I thought it was going to be like terribly like fucking graphic violent, and yeah. violent and right. stuff like that and it turns out it's not. So yeah. It's just a marketing ploy. Who would have thought? That's right. Anyways, uh, what have I been watching though? What have you been watching, sir? That's a good question, sir. Maybe we should start a podcast where we ask each other that question. If only we had a platform. we had a platform. No, I watched... uh, What have I been watching? Oh, yeah. I went back and watched Bloodsport. Kumite. 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 We made a joke. We were like... They were like, this movie is so cheaply done. They had like... Like oh shit we haven't we haven't done the budget or uh, we haven't done the soundtrack yet like oh what's left in the budget we're like I don't know like eighty bucks okay <laughs> get a sample of any eighty song ever and then just throw the word kumite over it and that's that'll fit the bill because that's the only thing in the soundtrack but uh, yeah we watched Bloodsport though man I, I mixed it up with the kickboxer I was like yo he gets fucked up in this movie and he doesn't he does a little bit but. I thought he got stabbed in it, but that's the kickboxer. <laughs> no, that is kickboxer. Yeah, yes. that's the kickboxer. I mixed yeah. them up, but yeah, yeah. We were, this is the one with uh, Bolo and Bolo uh, Young and big shot, underrated yeah. performance of a fucking lifetime. Yeah, Bolo yeah, yeah. Young. He always wanted to play the hero, and always got cast as the bad guy or the like level up bad guy. He was he, never yeah, the he's star. like the second in command or like yeah. the, the first henchman. He was or never that dude though, and he fucking he has Google his career, man. Fucking been doing some work. But, um, I mean, dude worked with everybody from Chuck Norris to Bruce Lee to yep. Van Damme to, yep. I think he did one with Seagal at, at, towards the end there. Yeah. I mean, he's that guy. He's that guy. He's, you, you've seen him and stuff. He's, yeah. he, he's snap famous, but... Yeah, no, you've definitely seen him. Um, but no, he. Uh, we were talking about it in the sense of like what Jean-Claude Van Damme did for... Uh, I'm a big kung fu buff, if you guys haven't noticed. But yeah. what, what Van Damme did for uh, for kung fu flicks was actually much appreciated. Because Bruce Lee was kind of just... 
and I mean this, I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan, it's not an insult, but up until the final fight scene, it was really just a display of cool shit that he could do. Yeah. It yeah. was kind of like, Tony Jaw does the same thing, where like, hey, you can run on top of dude's shoulders from a, a standing position, like right. flat-footed, do that. Right. Right. And we'll find a way to tie it in the plot. Yeah, we're going to put two panes of glass like eight inches apart from each other. And can you jump through those? And he's like, yes, I can. Yeah. And Bruce Lee, like a lot of, in a lot of his movies, it's him just being like, I'm like, you're not going to touch me. He's so badass. Sure. That sure. It's like, oh, put your hands together and I'll punch you so fast. But right. it doesn't, the choreography comes to the final fight scene. Well, yeah, it, 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 it's just a showcase of, of his talents, basically. Right. Whereas I think. If, if I can tag on, like, I think somebody like Jackie Chan, who was also doing stunts and doing his own martial arts, had a little bit more, um, a little bit greater ability to interweave story with, his, with, with his talents. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like, like, he would do things in a movie, and yes, they were spectacular and stunt worthy, but it, it wasn't just to do the stunt. It was, okay, well... They chase me up a building, so now I have to jump from rooftop to rooftop, or right. shimmy down a, a clothesline onto the next build. You know, like it, it made sense as to why he was doing the the, the stunt. Very, or, or they they built the plot to show the stunt, and very much so. And what I mean by Bruce Lee was it would just be a showcase of his skills. It would be like he would have like eight bad guys come in, and all he would do would stand over them and crack his knuckles, and he would kick a light that was like more than a ninety degree kick right. for you know what I mean, like or a right. hundred eighty degrees for his leg to kick, and he kick it over his head, and everybody would run away, and that was the fight scene, right? Or he'd be like fifteen foot light pole or something, yeah. Like and then they go and they show oh all the, the and uh, you know uh, way of the dragon or whatever the Chuck Norris movie. All the restaurant employees were like, oh, show us what you can do now. And they all go get pads. And all it is is just slow-mo him kicking the shit out of people <laughs> holding pads. And I'm a huge Bruce Lee right. fan because right. he was the first to like, holy shit, this is gangster. But like, the, watching the progression, and it all ties into the other movie I've been watching. But watching the progression of that, where then you go into something like um, a lot of the other guys were up and coming. And you know, obviously inspired a lot of people. It kind of made its comeback because it really went away after sure. Bruce Lee. There was no the guy. And then I mean, Jackie Chan kind of kept the candle burning, but it was way like in China, like that. It, it hadn't made its way to right. America. It kind of it went away for a long time, and that's kind of when I was born and kind of getting into it. That's why I think there was such a push for ninjas. But like, <laughs> but like uh, Bloodsport came out like '88, I want to say. Mm, before that, mm, I don't think so. I, I think it's '85, '86. Either way, right? And, and either 80, way, right? Late '80s, right? Mid to late '80s, whatever. And. um Watching shit like that, kind of watching his comeback and it not be like a, an Asian dude or whatever, it was kind of cool. Cause, but what he did though, Van Damme, yes, it, in a lot of uh, blood sport, was just once again a display of what he can do. Right. He's like, oh, the, the training montages, I'm going to show how flexible you are and he's going to split and he's going to do this and he's going to do that. And then by the time he gets to the kickboxer, what he did was like, it showed him getting fucked up. And Bruce Lee would only get fucked up in the final fight. Like, right. And the right. guy would get a couple good licks in, but you always knew Bruce was going to come Because he was the man, yeah. Bruce is the man. But like, Bloodsport is not necessarily... like The choreography is not incredible. Really why that movie works so well is it's a movie about one dude's indomitable spirit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's Rocky, it's the cliffhanger. Sure. Where, where cliffhanger is me versus nature. I'm getting up this mountain regardless of whatever sure. peril. Sure. It's me versus myself, ultimately. And yes, Bolo plays a part in it. He is the main competition, but it's really like, I'm going to bring honor back to this man whose son died, who was a former Kumite winner or whatever. Right. And his son didn't get to participate, so he's like, yo, the honor's on me. And so it's him willing that. And that's why that let's movie just, works. Let's just pause and just think about that backstory for a minute. Jean-Claude Van Damme, who is 
Belgian by nature. Yes. Plays an American yep. named Frank Ducks. It's Dukes in the thing, but it's Ducks. D-U-X, whatever. Yeah, Ducks. Frank Ducks. Uh, so, that right there, like, he's talking about, like, I was born here. I, I, came, I came from America. Yeah. <laughs> the Arnold Schwarzenegger of it all? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like, and then proceeds to try to break in to steal a sword, and instead of getting handed over to the police, the the sensei says, no, I must train this boy, this orphaned American boy. I must take him into my home. What? Then grows well, no, up wait, with wait, the wait, kid's pause, son. Pause. pause. What First off, the scene that his kid runs in, and he's, the Jean-Claude Van Damme young one is just standing there. The little kid runs in and just kicks him in his gut. <laughs> he just takes it. So the sensei pops is like, oh, I won't press charges, but you're going to be a, a punching bag for my son. It's yeah. ultimately what it is. Right. And so, yeah, it's, it's fucking awesome. Though. So he just takes a beating for a while. And he's like, starts pouting. He's like, how come you don't train me? He's like, because you're not my son. That's why. <laughs> and then the son dies and he's like, all right, now I can train you. And somehow he, <laughs> he, he looks the exact same age. It's a, a time gap, obviously. There's a fast forward. But right. he looks the exact same age when he first is like, I'm tired of being a punching bag. Train me. Your son's tired died. of being a 16 year old punching bag. Yeah. And then he's like, You hear that? I'm Dewey's 12 year old girlfriend. Right. And then he's like, Must be like 21 and he starts really learning martial arts at 21 years old. Like, he can't be more than that. And then they fast forward and he looks the exact same. It's like, Now here I am, almost 30. Almost 30, yeah. It's like you become a master of this shit in eight years, which I'm not going to shit on Bloodsport too much. I like that movie, man. I had a good time watching it. I but, do love that movie. But it, it just it shows the progression of it, though. And um, really, what I wanted to talk to is like, that really stepped up, and then Seagal, his first movie, Under Siege, I fuck with. Sure. Under, Under Siege, I fuck with. Well, because Seagal brought something in terms of, like, he would actually show, like, bones breaking. Yeah. And, like, like, sort of a, a little bit of uh, uh, gore and, and visceralness to, to, yeah. to his, his fights, you know? Like, Seagal, as ridiculous as they were, where he's, you know, like, smashing a guy's head together with, you know, two hammers on either side. You know, at least you see the head explode. You yeah. see the, the eyes pop out. He's breaking people's elbows and that's popping out of the, you know, out of the joint. You know, he's kicking people in the ankles and you hear the crunch and crack and you see the ankle roll. And so, so yeah. he, br- he brought it to it. But like I said, but Seagal did something that was fucked up, though. And he would walk. And this is what and this is when movies took a bad turn. And Van Damme avoided it for as long as possible. But it became that by the time he was doing Time Cop. <laughs> Um, we motherfuckers just walk through a room filled with enemies. People with shotguns and stuff, and he walks up, and it's one punch, and this person's debilitated. Right, right. And, and like, so that's what, like, when you start to notice, like, The Rock has one. Probably Jason Statham has one, too. There's, like, a punch count where mm-hmm. the hero can't get beat up too bad. Right. And, like, Steven Seagal was the king of that shit. But Van Damme, I like him because he really brought the yeah. idea, like, Hulk. of the kickboxer and um, the quest. Where he would get fucked up in those movies. See, I love the quest, but it's literally the exact same movie as, as Bloodsport. Blood yeah. I mean, which I'm fine with. And and both those movies are brilliant because it is a, a wide-ranging cast of characters, and you like every fighter has their own style. So, you know, like Bolo has the has the like really brutal killer style, you know. You he, see the, the, the white man. Muay Thai guy in yes, Bloodsport yes, too? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you got the, the guy who's doing all the different animal styles. You know, one time he does tiger, then he does a little bit racist. and he does... It's a little bit racist. There's a black dude that runs around like a monkey. Let's be real. And it's pretty racist, but it but works. Also, it works for the sake know, of the movie. Because the not? first time they show him training, they show this gentleman climb a tree 
and then start karate chopping coconuts. It's, kind of, <laughs> it's like, ooh, ooh. And I understand it's like Mike Tyson's punch out. They don't have time to show you the right. like the diverse cl- cast of characters. Actually, he's uh, studied for a long time, and he's actually a really good uh, solo violinist, and he speaks yeah. three languages. And his mom actually is with him here tonight. Like they don't have time for all that. Like, yeah, like, so it's like Mike Tyson's punch out. Like we're gonna get a Hindi dude, and we're gonna wrap him in a thing, and he's gonna be a tiger disappearing. And you're like, okay, sure. <laughs> it's the same right. shit. Right. So right. we don't right. really have time right. for it. We're right. gonna get a flamenco dancer, and he's gonna yep. come out with a rose in his mouth, yep. and he's gonna be dressed like a matador. So yep. So, yeah. Real, real uh, one-dimensional. I mean, it, it's it's very you know, but it's, it's very purpose, Street Fighter. It's very Mortal Kombat. Like you want to give a, a, a distinct personality to each one of the fighters, because otherwise it turns into like 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 modern day MMA, where like I couldn't tell you the difference between. Any, you know, uh, maybe other than like the big names like, you know, Cowboy Cerrone or, or Conor McGregor or something like that. But like, yeah. if you put two MMA fighters right next to each other, I probably couldn't tell you what the fucking difference is. Yeah, you know? no, I'm so, with you on that one. It's, uh... And again, it, it, it plays in the whole idea of the fight style becomes the personality, becomes the character. Like, exactly. Like, that's That was the part I wanted to talk about as well. It's like... And again, I am not shitting on Bruce Lee. I fucking right. love Bruce Lee. Right. But it was always Chinese boxing was the best. Sure. There was no question. He's like, Chinese boxing. Which, he was doing that for the whole nation of uh, you know Hong Kong and everything. He's like, yo, I'm a Hong Kong cinema star. I want motherfuckers to know like we're about this shit. Right. Right. So I understand why he did it. But like in all of his movies, it was like, oh, I bet the Chinese boxing in this one is going to be victorious. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so like watching Bloodsport, it kind of shows the different, like, oh, this is the Moist High guy. And so I dug it, man. I, I appreciate the progression. And so I will give that two slow-mo shots oh. of Van Damme with his mouth open when he's blinded. When he's blinded. Yeah. <laughs> it goes on so long. <laughs> but yeah, so I dug that movie. I'm going to give it uh, 80,000 fights. 80,000 fights. Yep. Because uh, if you... There's a whole backstory. Apparently, it's based on this this actual guy, Frank Ducks, who says that he competed in this kumite, and he talks about how like he fought over eighty times, and it was double elimination, yeah. and like it lasted over a week. And like when you actually break down the the math of the fight, it would have like the whole kumite would have had to have like five hundred thousand people in it. <laughs> yeah. Apparently a lot of it, some of it is true, but a lot of it, not he just holds, for the movie, he, but he holds his whole record story. for the fastest knockout, yeah. quickest kick knockout, the shortest fight, the most consecutive, most knockouts. consecutive knockouts. Yeah. He's just, you know, it's, or most consecutive victories, whatever the hell it is. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. Some of it's true, but yeah, and it happened in the Bahamas, also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so some of it is true, but not just for the sakes of the movie. It's been exaggerated, but apparently his story apparently is a. Uh, not all it adds up to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, fuck it. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. But I want to talk about the progression of that movie to talk about the other movie I saw. Sure. And I've talked about it a lot on here before, but The Raid. Angie had never seen it, and so it was I on. I still have not seen that movie. The Raid? I still have no, not seen get it. get on that. I, I know, I know. But it starts off with a bang, and it's it's pretty much Judge Dredd is the plot line. Sure. Bad guy at the top. If There's these spotters, and they're all quiet, and... Uh, so it's basically this 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 SWAT team has to fight their way up this like twelve story apartment. Complex yeah, whatever or it is, like twenty that. floor, whatever the hell it yeah, is. Yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. really tell you because shit goes south at right. floor but six. But the, the, the point is that the whole the whole uh, uh, building is run by this single like 
drug, drug overlord. Yeah. yeah, one, yeah, yeah, criminal mastermind, right. as it were. And everyone in the slum pretty much owes themselves. They're all either drug dealers themselves or they have dirt on them. And it's just like there's one decent guy that they show in the whole thing. But it starts with them at full tactical gear and they mm-hmm. come in and they're like, okay, they're spotters. They have an, an intercom system. We move quickly, we move quietly, and they do a quick montage of them kind of going all the way up to floor five. And finally, somebody rings the alarm, mm-hmm. and then it's fucking on. And they, right. spoiler alert, it doesn't affect. I can tell you everything that happens in the movie. You have to watch it. The, sure, sure. But they massacre, like, fucking the SWAT team. And it comes down to, like, four dudes. And, like, well, fuck. <laughs> Turns out backup's not coming because, guess what? There was a hit put out by the another arrival juggler, they don't tell you who. To this police officer, the the eldest sergeant in charge, saying like, "Hey, you clear them out for us, and we'll give you some kickback on the territory we take uh, over." Okay, okay. So backup's not coming. Right. right and so right. everyone's like, "Damn you, old man, in your ways and whatever." And so, but the one motherfucking lead, Michael. This is when we talk about John Wick, and we talk about the elevation of like, I can't go back once you show me some shit like this. Mm-hmm. That's the raid, man. It, it became only in competition with itself, and I'm just such a kung fu fan that like watching. You can't show shit now in an action movie. If you want to be an action movie, you either got to be over the top like Fast and Furious, sure, which right. is just cool. That serves its purpose. I yep. get it. Yep, yep, yep. The Meg, I get it. That serves its purpose. But if you're talking real fisticuffs, mm-hmm. you better show me that shit. <laughs> you can't, you can't right. quick cut it anymore. Right. You, you have can't. to show me the impact. You can't do like uh, the Bourne Legacy or Taken or something like yep. that where it's 80 different cuts on a singular punch, Yep. but you never actually see the punch. Yeah. And the quick cut and I, we can't do it. And I yeah. appreciate the Born Legacy because it's very close up and very personal. But like, it, the raid fucked I mean, it all up, man. The editing made that movie. I, I, yeah. I get, you know what I mean. Like, like whoever the editor was, doing all those quick cuts and and sort of showing, like they'll show the punch in in quick cut progression. Well, but, you can just tell that the actors, most of them probably, like, you know, no, no disrespect. As they went on, it got better. But like Matt Damon wasn't. An act, like, yeah, he's not an action star. He's not. He doesn't know shit about like fighting, fighting. You know, and I, I'm not talking shit. Say that shit to Matt Damon. He probably knocked me the fuck out for real. <laughs> like, oh yeah, my but, boy's wicked smart. I uh, wicked smart. Yeah, <laughs> wicked trains. But no, they got better as the movies progressed. So like, shout out to him. You can tell what he took. But like, even then, they cut so quickly that you can tell that they only rehearsed three or four moves. seconds. Yeah, right. and then boom, and then cut, and then we're gonna reset to this, and right. then boom, 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 and then cut, boom. The raid is like go, and it's. Not necessarily long cuts, but the director, Gareth Evans, big shout out to him, man. He is, he fucking crushed it, man. Because even when they cut, it's the most fluid of like, hey, we're going to show it from this angle now. They keep the continuity going constantly. They never flip to the other side. Sure. If a dude kicks a dude right, you're coming crashing in from the left. Like, it's, good. it's good, smart. Good, good. I always hated that whenever I, I see it like an action movie and I'm like, yeah. oh, that's that totally changes my sense of direction. Now I yeah. have to figure out, like, it, it fucks with your head. And, and in a movie like that, where there's so many moving people and so many moving like pieces, you understanding spatially where everybody yep. is it's imperative. matters. It's, it's matters. imperative. Right. And it's a and I like I, well, I, he just kicked them by the door, but then he flew through the window, so how did that happen? Right. And that's a in a, a an exaggeration, but you will see that. Sure, like, right. Go watch Terminator Two again. It's like glass is broken, glass is not broken. He was driving this way, how is he now on coming right. from the other side? Right. Like it doesn't make sense. So, um, but no, it's a masterclass, and I say that truly as a fan of action films, like the continuity and the actual choreography itself. This movie does the best two verse ones I've ever seen. Like nice. anytime there's two people going on one, and this dude Mad Dog, I don't know what he's from, but that's the, the name of the character. <laughs> that motherfucker is rugged raw with it, bro. 
And uh, we were watching it, and Angie was like, oh, is it just guns the whole time? I was like, as the movie goes on, the main character uh, slowly... He like, loses his He loses armor. his helmet, and then like he gets shot up a bunch of times, but he, so it's no good anymore, and it, obviously the plates are pressing in him, so he zips it off, and ah, ah, and eventually just comes down to one man, and these fisticuffs, nice. and it's... And he talk about a hallway fight scene, man. This set, this is I think a little bit before Daredevil. Okay, but I mean, Old Boy was the first like fight scene of like of a hallway. Not stuff like a lot, but whatever. Uh, Old Boy was the first fight scene that happened in a hallway. That was pretty much yes, kind of people were waiting to take their turn to attack, but that was the first one that was one long cut, and you're like, all right, awesome, cool, cool. cool. This movie took that, and it's not one long cut, but it elevated the stakes. Just ran with it. And you're just like, yup, this right is on. that shit. Right on, so, right on, yeah. I, I just took a moment to appreciate the, for lack of a better word, like what kung fu flicks were in the late 80s. Being mm-hmm. Bloodsport is still a classic. Like sure. It's a classic, undeniable. But what it is now, like watching it, with the lens of today, even a movie, The Raid, is fairly, you know, it's not crazy old, but it's probably 10 years old now. I was say, 2012, 2014? Yeah, yeah, it's about 10 years old now, at least, in that area. And it's night and day. And yeah. you're like, how is this ever fucking entertainment? How do we ever consider this to be kung fu? And it's because it was like superhero movies. Christopher Reeves flew, and you're like, it's the most mind-boggling shit. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. now we take all they that put shit Michael for Keaton in a, in, a, in a bat suit that looks like realistic, you know, not just spandex yep. and, and, and felt, you know. Yeah. yeah, and now we're spoiled with it. So I the raid fucked me up for action movies. So if you want to do fisticuffs in your movie, that is your standard. Cool. You better okay. come correct okay. with that shit. And so I just wanted to. So this is so in your opinion, this is the one that sort of this is the one that that reestablished where the bar was, like John Wick does for does for gunplay, where okay. it becomes only in competition with itself. Right. Okay. And okay. even like Tony Jaw, like mad respect. I'm not talking anything away from any predecessor. No, 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 but no. The raid was one of those ones that like there was a lot of action movies. Obviously, the Fast and Furious movies hit and stuff like that. And, Mission Impossible. There's we're gonna do these. But they've got their own. But it's not the same. Yeah, Yeah, they've got their own. This is if you're a kung fu movie buff. Okay. This is the one to watch. This is my new like. That's my shit. Okay. Uh, The second one is still as is good, but that the first one was just like like the first time you saw Ong Bak, you're like, why is this not being broadcast everywhere? Like, how are more people not hip to this shit? Exactly. Like this dude's doing it. There's no wires. There's no nothing. Same shit with the stunt work. Like that's him. That he's not. He's not CGI in that shit. He's like that motherfucker is holding onto a helicopter. Yeah, it's it's legit. (laughs) He's running on top of people's shoulders. All that shit that Tom Cruise is trying to do. Tony Jaw was doing it. Yeah, there was a motorcycle coming full speed, and this dude took a running start and kneed a dude in the head and stuck the landing. Like, yeah. fuck out Hit him here. so hard he split the motorcycle helmet in two. Yeah, it's gangster Just shit cracked like, it. Yeah. So, like a freaking coconut. So the raid, we've talked about it. It's top five, but I just, not necessarily getting into that movie, but just the progression. Sure. Man. What are you going to give it? Man, I will give it one Carl Urban starring Judge Dredd. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll give it. And that's, that's some a real high goal. praise around these parts. That's a good goal. Uh, we are going to take a break, though. Yes, real sir. Real quick. Yes, sir. Um, we're going to dive in with a little bit of uh, something. This is episode number 37. In a row? In a row. 37 in a row. And so that should be a little clue for you guys that have been listening out there since day one. Some of our interests and in how that aligns. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break from... Uh, Mom's Robot Company. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome to BearCast. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about things to do with the woods. 
Uh, we are back from our uh, sponsor, Mom's Friendly Robot Company. Mom's. It's got what you need. Exactly. Exactly. So, well done. That was a little intro to BearCast. Michael has a dog named <laughs> Zoe the Bear. And that's the voice. That, yes, you have a dog voice, too. Don't act like you don't for your that's dog right. if you have one. You know what? Write in and call in. Give yeah, us Type your... it out to us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> My dog voice goes like this. <laughs> yeah, type it out to us. But she also has a bad habit of just kicking open the door when we're in the middle of recording. And so it's kind of become a joke where as soon as she jumps in the door, it's like, welcome to Bearcath. We're going to talk about Thalid. <laughs> Barry, Ruth, things I'm excited about. Top five places to sleep. Number one, <laughs> on a bed. On a bed. <laughs> I sleep on the clothes. Yeah. That's so a sweet girl. So if you hear her rattling around, that's why. But uh, anyways, um, we wanted to talk a little something about... A certain director whose films are very close to our hearts. Indeed. If you haven't noticed by the title of this, this is episode number 37. And in an uh, all-time classic in the archive, uh, the, the National, I think it's the Smithsonian Library now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The movie Clerks has a joke about 37-somethings in a row. And uh, we're talking about Kevin Smith. So we felt like we could not let episode 37 pass by unnoticed. That's right. As it were. So we're going to talk Episode 69 is going to be all sex. Episode 420 is going to be all weed. Yeah. Episode 911 is going to be, well, you figured it out. It could be 911 movies. Oh, I didn't think that. Well, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I remember for something. Sure. 411 could be, I don't know. Episode 711 is all Indian actors. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) I was going to say Bill and Ted, but okay. (laughs) Either way. (laughs) It's a pretty good joke, though. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, so we're going to do a tribute to Kevin Smith here. Uh, Michael, why don't you start us off, man? You were the father to my game mm-hmm. on this. Uh, what I mean by that is somebody asked me, what does that mean? That means Michael put me on something. That means he was the one that showed me something that sparked my interest. Oh, he brought you've it never to my seen attention. this? Yeah. You should check it out. Anybody that ever does that to you, if they put you on a band, if they're like, hey, you, you heard that new Wu-Tang, and you're like, what the hell is a Wu-Tang? I'm like, I know about the Kung Fu movies. The Wu-Tang versus Shaolin. Like, yeah, then you know about this. Oh, okay. Whoever showed you that is the father to your game on that. That's right. So, that being said, it was many, many years ago. Um, I guess you could tell the story. Michael was the father to my game on this. So, I'm going to yield the mic to him and he can speak his love for Kevin Smith. And I'll be here relegated to drinking delicious Bobby Boucher. (laughs) Four shores, brother. Yeah. So, basically, um, I got put on to Kevin Smith um, pretty early. I saw uh, Mall Rats in theaters. Um, I guess I would have been in probably 7th or 8th grade at that point. Um, that adds up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, loved it. I, I thought it was a it, it was a great coming-of-age comedy. It, it really hit all the marks for me because, A, I was a mall rat. I lived literally half a block from the local mall. So yep. many a day spent just bombing around, doing nothing in the mall, just oogling girls and... Shopping for shit that I couldn't afford, trying to sneak into movies, trying to, you know. And for our younger audience, a mall was a place. So a mall was a collection of stores. <laughs> it was a giant Amazon, but each one was, it didn't just sat right, under right. one umbrella. You had to actually walk to each Amazon portion. The clothing yeah. Amazon, video game Amazon. Right, right, yes. right, right. 
Right. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it's a conglomeration. So of walking is instead of being on a Segway, <laughs> it's you actually use your legs to get where you need to go. Right. Right. And it was very popular by in the pendular 90s. motion, I believe. <laughs> by pendular motion. Yeah. Very popular in the nineties. Yeah. So I just didn't want to pass that up. Anyway, sorry to interrupt, but saw yeah. Mallrats in the theater. Were Mallrats yourself? I was too. Yeah. Uh, he. Yeah. Anyways, good. Uh, so Mallrats is uh, his second movie. Kevin correct. Smith, so, yeah. so I, I missed the first one. Just it, it. I was. I think I was a little bit too young for it to be on my radar, which is uh, probably good. You might not have appreciated. I, it. I don't think so. I, I, I think I needed to come, but I, I'm going to get there. Yeah. So, freshman year, high school, I ended up seeing Chasing Amy, which was his third outing, which was you know, um, Jason Lee, Ben Affleck, Joey Lauren Adams, all star cast. It's, it's a, it's a very interesting. 90s tale about sexuality and sort of understanding relationships in the new modern millennium where... And the fragile male ego. The, the fragile male ego. And I loved it. I fell in love with it. And next day I went to go talk to my friend, shout out Jamie Elliott, uh, and was just talking about this movie that I'd seen and how great it was and how I, I thought it was so well shot and so interesting. And, you know, admittedly, Chasing Amy doesn't really hold up maybe now as much as it did back then, but... It was you, you very progressive for its time, though. Right, it, we we were very nascent in our in our progressivism in terms of sexuality and, and being more open towards all different types. Right. So, um, yeah, and so was talking about it with him, and he was like, "Oh, well, have you ever seen the first movie, Clerks?" I said, "No, I've never seen this movie." So immediately. Went down to movie gallery or Blockbuster, take your pick, because you know if you had money like that, you could go to Blockbuster. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, Ooh go, we go to Hollywood Video because we're on the West Coast. Fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, went to movie gallery, rented Clerks, and was completely blown away at how magnificently simple the movie ah, was. It was, was. It was. It was a showcase of the most bare minimum of movie making knowledge I mean like it's filmmaking 101 and yet the story he told resonated with me in such a way that it fundamentally changed how I felt about movies you know I, I'd always sort of been into them had you know I could always appreciate uh, appreciate a good movie this movie was the movie that made me want to a be a filmmaker and b get into films in a much more critical and analytical way. I mean, like it, I mean this in the, in the best way possible. I saw clerks and I thought, Oh my God, if this counts as a movie, I can do that. Yeah. Which ironically enough is what Kevin Smith said about what inspired him was Richard Linklater's slacker. Yeah. He said the same yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. if this counts as a movie. Yeah. Right. right. But no, that's a, it's cool. That's why I wanted you to go first because I know how much only because we've spoken about it so many times off camera in terms of how it inspired you to, I would say, not be a filmmaker, but a storyteller. And, mm. and the way you your your lens on things, which I'm so glad you talked about. It seemed like your lens on cinema, which I say cinema when I'm talking uh, fancy. Otherwise, they're just movies. But, uh, or <laughs> the film, movie pictures. Or film. Right. Yeah. Uh, something changed after that. It became much more inherent of like, you. that was your niche thing. And mm. I was very grateful that you shared it with me. I didn't appreciate Clerks initially for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember you put it on at once and I fell asleep and I was like, ah, I didn't, I didn't like hate it. I was just sure. like, I was like waiting. 
I didn't realize it wasn't like a setup punchline comedy. It was no, like slapsticky no. and like. No, no, no. When you say comedy, I had a certain thing in my head, and I didn't realize it could just be two dudes talking, and the dialogue itself was funny. Exactly. But yeah. when you showed. It, it is very much a talking heads picture in terms of like, I say my line, and now character B says my line, and now here's the follow through, here's the setup, here's Witty the retort. Line. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, but I saw, yeah. So I didn't appreciate Clerks a little bit later, but when I. You showed me Mallrats. And that's a little bit more slapsticky, a little bit more Buster Keaton, a little bit more like traditional a- comedy. Approachable uh, yeah. in terms of, yeah. But that was a movie, and I'll tell you this, man. This is when it became like, there are certain movies that I always assign to other people. Like The Pest was something that was me and my best friend John. Like sure. We fucking loved that movie. That was in, shout out to John Shuck, love you brother. But uh, that was something that was me and his. Um, my, my other best friend growing up, we was three of us, you know, obviously we Bad news comes to threes. Like the ladies' man, that was something that was myself and my my other best friend Seth Hubbard. We were in a band together. Mm-hmm. Seth Hubbard and I would watch the ladies' man all the time. He was the father of my game on that because his older brother Blaine, who you went to school with, right, showed it to Seth, and Seth and I fucking died laughing. Fell in love with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we're gonna base our whole lives on this character. Yeah, and then half, <laughs> half baked was another one that was right. like, and so I was really developing into this comedy sense, and I would, I Mike one else. So when you introduced Mallrats at that time in my life, that was our thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. like fucking Kevin Smith. And at the time, I was already watching um, uh, The Pest, Half-Baked, and The Ladies' Man fucking like every day. That was a glorious summer, it was like by the way. Every day. And when <laughs> Mallrats hit and you brought that like, home. I shit you not, we watched those movies. Every day. Every single day for an entire summer. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. Like in in random order, like I, I I couldn't tell you which one went on first, but at some point during the day, those three movies were on, on rotation. Yeah, well, no. those four movies. Yeah. yeah, and then Mallrats entered the fray, and that became something that was so infectious because of your love for it that it really rubbed off on me that I couldn't wait to show it to my friends. Sure. And so, like, John, I remember I showed him Mallrats, and he died laughing. Seth was never really that big into it. But my, another friend of mine, Matt Godding, he was the one that, like, when I showed him clerks and mall rats he it spoke to him in a way that like it spoke to you yeah. and so the only other person i would ever want to do a kevin smith podcast with is matt and we'll probably revisit it with matt at some point <laughs> we're big kevin smith fans here and um it was cool man so i, I want to thank you for that because i've never really done that you, you opened my eyes up to something you put me on something that became a big deal in my life matt oh. godding and i when jay and silent bob strike back came out we cosplayed as jay and silent bob we were he wore a full trench coat in fucking florida in August in Tallahassee. <laughs> That's commitment. And I wore a hockey jersey with a jacket on top of it, long hair, a hat. Like, it was full commitment. Nobody else knew what we were doing. Like, How the fuck are you two morons wearing jackets in fucking <laughs> August or whatever it was? And we're like, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, That's man. It, and Matt, yeah, Matt That's didn't it. talk all day. He had one line of dialogue all day. We were really committed. So I want to thank you for that, man. You really opened yeah, it up to man, me. Yeah, man, absolutely. That, so. that's, that's, that's kind of the, the whole point is, like, you know, that's, that's why we always say, you know, Go see a movie and then talk about it with somebody that you love, because you never know. Like you might turn them on to some weird new shit that they never yeah. thought, and then all of a sudden, like that's the thing that you guys can talk about for the rest of your lives. You know? So yeah. So yeah, I, you're you're very welcome for that, man. Thank you for sharing that. That 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 fills my heart with joy. Yeah, actually. most definitely. Man, I felt like I said I've never really spread that to you, so I want to tell you, all, Mike. But yeah. this episode brought to you by Internal Tears. <laughs> 
Look, I try to reciprocate, man. You put me on something, I'm not going to try to take it from me. That was our thing, man. He, you have a connection with people, you know, and it doesn't mean, oh, you only talk about this around this person. I'm like, yeah, that's our thing. It doesn't mean I'm being fake with right. everybody else. Right, right, right. Like, I have friends I talk Florida State with, and I don't mean just Florida State football. I mean fucking softball. Right. Shout out to you, right. Dylan Baker. I know you're part of the Legion. But, like, oh, maybe bleep the last name or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, we talk softball. We talk anything Florida State related. Like, that's my guy, you know. Right, it doesn't right. mean I won't do it with other people, but, like, that becomes your thing, you know. So, and that became a form of communication. And, like, because I feel like I turned into such a Kevin Smith fanatic. And John and I went back and we rented Chasing Amy. And John watched it first. He was like, yeah, you got to see that. You yeah, got to see that. Yeah. Dad wouldn't. Our father wouldn't have let me watch Chasing Amy at the age I watched it. He was mad when he found out that I had watched Half Baked. Not only that, as many times as I had. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the joke about, and I can't do it, you know, on the audio, people are going to have to, but he, where she puts her hand out in a little circle. And he's talking about, oh, how do you pleasure this woman in, in the movie Chasing Amy? And he's like, with your fingers, with whatever. Right. And she puts a little circle out. And she takes her hand in her right hand, makes a little cupping duck motion, fist. And yeah. duck fist. <laughs> John and I, that was our joke all the time that nobody knew. We'd talk about, like, you know, being mean, see some girl and be like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it kind of, the ongoing jokes have been such a part of my life for so long, man. Like, what was it about him that kept you interested? I mean, honestly, that that was it. Was was he just built up enough cachet with one hit? Yeah, I mean, kind of, a little bit, especially with. I mean, Mallrats was a movie that was. I mean, like I said, it came in at exactly the right time in my life. I was a huge comic book nerd. I was, you know, yeah, that part. voraciously reading comic books at that point. I was having the exact same discussion. You know, there was a a thing where me and my friends would cast movies with, you know, oh, who would you get to play Professor X? Who would you get to play Wolverine? Who would you get to play Spider-Man? And we would play these games of, of you know, picking our favorite actors and, oh, you know, I think, you know, I think uh, uh, Tom Cruise would be a really great, you know, Iron Man. Oh, only person for me that could ever play Professor X is Patrick Stewart or, you know, uh, oh, I would cast, uh, you know, Clint Eastwood as Magneto or something like that, you know. So we would play these games and, and again, I would bomb around, literally, we'd just go to the mall and just spend nine hours a day there, just walking around, not really doing anything, not really, no shopping agenda, just going to KB Toys and Barnes and Noble. Seeing if they they had open toys that I could stuff in my pockets or, you know, going to Suncoast and being like, I'm going to buy this CD, not, right? uh, you know, just... Ooh, they got a new they got a new uh, crow poster. That'll look good in my bedroom. Yeah, I know. Hanging right next to my Smashing Pumpkins poster. That'll yes, be dope. Sir. That was the time, man. That was the time. <laughs> you know, so it just it, it came out and that movie is, is all about that. It's just the best way to waste time with your friends. I mean, essentially the movie's about two guys who experience a breakup on the exact same day, and they decide that the best way to commiserate is just go to the mall and waste time. Just Lose yourself in the commerce and hustle and bustle and just fuck around and just be free and not have to think about, you know, the, the, the hardships of your life, you know, or, or, or to talk about the hardships of your life while you, you know, talk about, you know, how rotten your girlfriend is and how much you miss her over a pretzel, you know? Yeah. It was, it was such a continuation of what made Clerk so popular. And I didn't, again, I didn't appreciate it initially, but I certainly do now 
was the idea that it was just conversations like we're having now, mm-hmm. just making silly jokes to each other, bringing up points of like, oh, fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme wouldn't have done this back in the day. And you watch Van Damme by today's standards, he's right. trash, you know, shit like that. Conversations that we just have, and it was written down and being like, oh, and Mallrats was that too, about like sure. arguments about an autonomous unit for mid-mall snacking, and <laughs> cookie stand is not a part of the food court, and right. like, all that shit, man. Yeah, so... And Kevin Smith was really good for that, so I appreciated that certain level of everything. And um, and I think that movie, just as a side note, I think that that movie really solidified Jay and Silent Bob as kind of the titular characters of of the Kevin Smith universe. Yeah. Um, you know, like they were present in Clerks, but they were sort of the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern or the R2-D2 and C-3PO of it all. That's a better reference for me. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, whereas I think in Mallrats, they, that's where they really brought forth the, the characterization of, of, of those you know, icons. And, and sort of that was the progression moving forward of just like, oh, we're just going to loosely incorporate these two characters into every movie from now on. Yep. They're the thread that ties it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I don't yeah. know. I, to me, it was it was not necessarily just. I mean, Clerks had a great impact, but it it really had to do with right timing, right moment, and just in, in a weird way, like understanding what a film could really be. Like a film could just be you filming your friends and just fucking around. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it it it's sort of like. Um, in a weird way, it's it, it, it's the antithesis in, in terms of the the indie movie scene of the '90s, which was really Boom. you know really burgeoning, really coming into its own. You had companies like Lionsgate and Miramax who were really actively seeking out you know unknown talents and new directors to like tell a story outside of the Hollywood machine. And also, besides horror movies, because horror movies are really cheap well, it, to cast. And, and, and maybe we can talk about that. I mean, like you know, you, you look at the 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 history of independent cinema you go all the way to like the grindhouse features where it was just people cranking out movies on eight millimeter and just as long as i can just get it into a theater then maybe somebody will see it or westerns were the same way exactly exactly um you know i I, and i think that the 90s really saw a resurgence of people who were influenced like kevin smith quentin tarantino robert rodriguez all very very influenced by the 70s uh uh, independent film market and so you know now you're 20 years removed they've sort of grown up in in the in the industry grown up in the history and now they're getting their chance to tell their story so i think that that's where that 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 resurgence came from is is especially in the uh, early to mid 90s yeah you you did kind of hit the nail on the head with that in terms of what it was at the time because like miramax was such a relatively small studio Mm -hmm. and they wanted to make you know i know there's a joke about it jay and silent bob like artsy pictures kind of like right cost effective storytelling like not quite didn't quite have a home anywhere else so gay gay cowboys eating pudding cowboys eating pudding the (laughs) movie.com um yeah man i'm with it i uh i just kind of continue to take the journey with them though between like i said because i was kind of I didn't really appreciate independent cinema like that. You know, I knew that there was people out there like the movie kids, which obviously I couldn't watch at that age or like reservoir dogs. I knew that there was like a resurgence in that. So I just kind of kept riding with the guy and, uh, we got into what I think is his best movie after that. Mallrats is hands down my favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Kevin Smith's best movie is actually dogma. Really? Because it's cartoony and it's really poignant and the dialogue's really good. And it's just this giant crisis of faith movie, but, 
Mallrats is probably my favorite. And then, yeah, absolutely, I think Dogman's, I think, him firing on all cylinders. Interesting you should mention that because I actually took the time to write down and rank every oh, Kevin Smith movie. Oh, shit. The, uh, hold on. This, I wish we had a soundboard so I could... So I could go to it's an official checklist. Oh wait, no, it's not a checklist. What is it? I'm gonna come up with a new jingle. Official rankings. It's your official rankings of cinema. (laughs) There you go. That's patent pending. You cannot be used anywhere else outside of what you may watch podcast.com. Anyways, uh, I already forgot the jingle. (laughs) I'll listen to it. Uh, Yeah, I, I, I think Dogma is a great movie. I don't think it's necessarily his best. Okay, well, hit but, me with it, man. But I think it's a, a great outing of Kevin Smith trying to capture his artistic vision. Like, it, really trying to cement what makes Kevin Smith a filmmaker. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. Like, I think, I think Clerks was a little bit too grunge. I think uh, Mallrats was a little bit too studio. I think Dogman is the perfect mix of That's... now I've, I've found what I want to say. Did you just say what I was trying to say, but smarter? I just really didn't get a chance to yet. But yeah, no, this is exactly how I feel. The thing you found is written there. Chasing Amy was a... I love Chasing Amy, but it's not very funny. And I like Kevin mm-hmm. Smith's humor. Sure. There's, there's hilarious parts in Chasing Amy, sure, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, overall, yeah. it's not a very funny story. Like, Dogma, if you look at it, zoom out, it's fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so go ahead. I'll rank these bad boys. Hit me with it. Okay, so... Uh... First off, I'm just going to list the two that I have not seen. And this is not to say that they're necessarily bad movies. I just haven't seen them. So it's hard for me to say that they're necessarily better or worse than anything that follows after. And so you that, got everything outside of the Jersey quote-unquote trilogy, which is four movies, even? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, we're doing everything, the, the sir. The first four was, was Clerks, Rats, Chasing Amy, Dogma was considered the Jersey trilogy or quadrilogy. Right. And then he did ventured off into something new and he did Jersey Girl. Yep. And then Jay and Silent Bob strike back, and then he went really pivoted to some other stuff. Right, so, yeah, right, go ahead. Right, go ahead. Right. Sorry. Uh, so the so the first two movies I'm going to list are uh, Holidays, which is just it's basically a horror anthology, uh, and it, it's sort of like uh, the movie Four Rooms, where every di- they get separate directors to direct uh, a different segment of the movie. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, um, gotcha. So Kevin Smith does the Halloween version. Of, or the Halloween story. I just haven't seen it. Not saying it's necessarily bad or great or whatever. Just can't comment on it. Right, gotcha. Uh, I, now, I am going to rank the next one just a little bit higher. It's it's a, uh, another Kevin Smith horror movie called Kilroy Was Here, which is based on the old... Back in World War II, U.S. soldiers used to draw a, a big-nosed dude peeking over a wall that said Kilroy Was Here, and it was just to let... Let the the local populace know that the Americans were in town, kind of thing. Um, so Kevin Smith took that basically real life meme, turned it into a horror movie about a killer that attacks uh, people who harm children. Oh, okay. And I'm gonna rank that just a little bit higher than Holidays because it features Chris Jericho, <laughs> even though you still haven't seen it. Still haven't seen it, but <laughs> Chris Jericho wins. So yeah, I'm with it. I, I respect that. The bias of it. I respect yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, then at the very bottom of the Kevin Smith movies I have seen, I'm going to put Yoga Hosers. Yeah, I can agree with that one. It's a fun movie. It's, it's a lot of whimsy. Uh, it's, it, but basically the, the, the story is it, it's a little bit like Clerks meets 
Army of Darkness or Evil Dead Two. I guess, yeah. You know, it's uh, a weird movie. It's and... it's a lot more. Basically, it's about two girls at a convenience store. They invite over some of their high school crushes who turn out to be Satanists and perform a ritual where they bring forth the spirit of a deceased Nazi. It's okay. It's fine. It's I'm definitely not the target audience for it. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to shit on it. I just... Kevin Smith has always said that he made that movie in terms of... It's the movie that he would want to make if he was a 14-year-old girl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look. It's not for me. That's all. Yeah. That's yeah. All. I'm it's, not gonna, it's okay. I'm not going to take that. Stars uh, Lily Rose Depp and Harley Quinn Smith and uh, Ralph Garman. Austin Butler. Austin Elvis Butler. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very yeah. early appearance. Yeah. Actually, yeah. He's, gonna, he's like the new fucking Brad Pitt. He is going to be the new Brad Pitt. Like, in terms of just like looks, charisma, like true movie star yep. kind of dude. Yep. He's a very handsome man. Yes, sir. But anyways, keep on going. Uh, so then next I'm going to put Cop Out. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I like Cop Out. I, I think it's just a little bit too... I do like Cop Out. It's it's uh, it's basically buddy cop movie starring... Um, not John McClane. I can't think of his name. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. And Tracy Morgan. Yeah. Who is phenomenal. Tracy Morgan carries the movie. I'll be, I'll be he real does. Real. He is definitely the one to watch in that movie. They also got my man um, Scarface from Half Baked in there. They you do, ever, and Sean William, William Scott. Yeah. Sean William Scott's fucking really funny, actually. Yeah. He's underappreciated. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's it it has touches of Kevin Smith humor, but it's the most watered down version of that humor. He didn't write it, is why it was a. I, a List. It was a script that was really well liked in Hollywood that they couldn't. It's been floating around for like, yeah, for like ten a, years or, or a couple like years. Yeah. And they're like, all right, everyone seems to like this. Audiences seem to like. Well, okay, we just got to find someone to make it cheap so they didn't lose. So, and Kevin Smith has always said he's the master of if you give me a six million dollar movie, I'll make you sixteen million. Yeah. Well, Robert Rodriguez is the king of that, well, really. But yeah, he takes seven thousand dollars and turns it into a million, so yeah. you can't really compete <laughs> yeah. with those numbers. Yeah. But uh, yeah. it's a little bit too studio produced. It, it, it's it's fine to, as it stands on its own. It just doesn't stand out. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whereas I think objectively, Yoga Hosers is a bad movie. Cop Out's not a bad movie. It's just not impressive. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Uh, let's see. So then after that, I'm going to give, uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah. Which can probably tell you where the other movie is going to rank on this. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought reboot was a bit of a mess, uh, to be honest with you. I, and I, and I love Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. I've watched that movie a lot. Yep. I've watched that movie a lot. Um, reboot was a bit of a mess for me though. And, and I, I think that again, it's just, it's, it's Kevin Smith sort of at his most, Self-masturbatory. Does that make sense? Like, it's yeah. just, it's Kevin Smith making jokes that only Kevin Smith would find funny. It, not just, it's very self-referential. Like, you have to know stuff about, like, the, his podcast, which he's it a is. very, he's an right. incredibly prolific podcaster and entertainer just all the way around. Um, but it's pretty... He's got, like, 20 of them. Just go look them Yeah, up. just Google it. Yeah, <laughs> figure it out. Uh, we don't need to plug other podcasts, certainly. Um, not that we won't. Have us on the show, please. Uh, <laughs> please. Yeah, please. Please, can we do Batman Beyond? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, Reboot was a bit of a miss, though. I, I appreciate it. I'm really glad I saw it. I saw it in theaters. Um, that was one movie that actually... I was in Maryland mm-hmm. at the time, living, and I remember I bought Michael 
a ticket because I'm really hip to the game on things. Right. And Michael was like, oh, I want to see it. When's it coming out? I was like, yo, next Thursday. He's like, what? <laughs> and I was like, they're, all, they're only showing it twice. There was like a 7.30 showing and then there's one the next day at 7.30, like Thursday, Friday. To be fair, and, I was on a lot of mescaline at the time. Yeah. Yeah, he's tripping bowels in the <laughs> desert or something. So I ended can't up, stay here. It's that country. Yeah, that's a great movie. Um, <laughs> but I ended up buying Michael a ticket just kind of as a gift. Because then I knew that we would be at the theater at the same time watching the same sure. thing. So that movie does have a special place in my heart because this is kind of when we were talking about the early origins of the podcast. Yeah, and yeah, that was yeah. something that I called him that night and we stayed up way too late, way past my curfew, <laughs> talking about the movie. Right. So, right. And yeah. about how kind of we appreciated it, but it was pretty self-masturbatory and... There's a really funny gag at the end where he's like, I've been putting locks or gum in these locks for the last 25 years. That's right. That should have me dying laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. He, he does have a good way of bringing it full circle, but that was definitely to, it, it was definitely a movie just to kind of put a button on the Jay and Silent Bob saga, but also a good way to like reunite with all of his friends that he always wanted to like make movies again with. Like they've got cameos from Ben Affleck, Everybody. Matt Damon. Rosario Dawson, his wife, uh, Chris Hemsworth is in there. I don't know. There's a lot of people. Yeah. It was post-heart attack, so we just called in a lot of favors. And he talks about it a lot on his podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, but... Yeah, he had a heart attack in uh, 2019? Sure. 2020? Sure. Sure. It's been like five, six years. But basically, he guilted a bunch of people like, Hey, so you know I had a heart attack and I always wanted to make one more movie with you. I'm just saying, might not get another chance. And they were like, all right, you got me for like six hours. He was like, great, I'm writing a scene right now. Yeah, yeah. No, he, did, he did his thing though, man. It was good to see everybody come back. Uh, all right, well, what else is on your list there? Let's I, see. I would put that one probably close to where you have it to. So far, yeah. I'm not in any major... I might switch that and cop out. Really? Okay. Yeah, I might. But You think I, cop out's a little bit better movie? Well, no. Actually, no, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in tune with you so far because... At least reboot is kind of his own flavors. Agreed. Agreed. Um, after that, I'm going to put Jersey Girl. Yeah, a dramatic turn for him. It is. And it's a good it, movie. It's a good movie. In a weird way, it's, it's, it's very unlike every other Kevin Smith movie in terms of it, is, it definitely focuses more on the drama and the sort of, um, I hate to say romantic because it's not necessarily a romance movie, although there is that aspect, but the relationship aspect, uh, because it's essentially a, a movie about a man coming to terms with having to raise a daughter and sort of his struggle with giving up the old life and sort of you know acclimating to what does it mean to try to be successful but also have this other person that you're responsible for. Um, yeah. It sounds about as exciting as I'm explaining it. <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily... A, again, it's not a bad movie. It's just sort of... It, it's a little middle of the road. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth a watch, though. It's pretty... There's some really heartfelt moments in there. There are. There which, are. If you're planning, I'll, gives, I'll save you a spoiler alert, but he, he snaps off on his daughter one time, and there's a, a scene of dialogue in there that's just very poignant, where he Ben Affleck's character, the main character, goes off on his daughter, and it's like, oh... Can't take that one back. So. Yeah, yeah. Basically, they they get into an argument, and the daughter accuses him of like, "You're always trying to push me off. You're always trying to like find something else to do." And basically, Ben Affleck says like, "You took my life from me, you little shit, and all I and all I do is want it back." Yeah, yeah. I was and, trying not to spoil that. But well, yeah. <laughs> but, but it, it, I think it's an important line. I think that that it it really does show the emotionality of the movie and and the the, the content that it's going for. 
and it's not afraid to like lay it all on the line. And, and I, you know, not saying that necessarily Kevin Smith himself thinks that, but I'm sure there's many a parent out there that have had that exact same phrase go through their head. I'm nodding and yeah, it's, I wasn't, a, I wasn't trying to give that away. No, 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 you're good. No, you're good. There's obviously the meme online is like, yo, fuck them kids. And there's people like, and there is some sentiment to it. I, I love my children very much, but it's also one of those things, you know, like being real. Like if you don't have kids, you're winning. Like you can go do whatever the fuck mm-hmm. you want, whatever the fuck you want to do it. Like, hey, what'd not, you do today? Oh, I slept in until 2.30 cause I was hung over. Or just like, I, I hate it here in America. I want to move to Japan. And you're like, right. right. But who do you have to check in with? Yourself. Right. Right. Bye. You I'm going to be mean? a grizzly bear wrestler for the rest of my life. Yeah, Let's go like, do it. That, that's all I mean. The freedom that comes along with it. But yes, it's it's a movie that focuses on that and trying to find a new relationship within that. It's mm-hmm. Definitely worth a watch. Though. And gives us great George Carlin performance. Yes, yes. He's Shout phenomenal out. Yeah. the whole time. Good, good call. Yeah, good poll. Yeah, yeah, he's great in that. So after that one, I think I'm going to rate uh, Zach and Mary make a porno. Hmm. Uh, basically, it's, it's Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks... Um, it's these two roommates. They've known each other since high school. They've always been best friends. Uh, they're living together. Their rent's due. Neither one of them can hold down a job. And they decide that the best way to make money and save their apartment is to make a porno and sell it. Uh, now, mind you, this is in the pre-OnlyFans, Fansly, you know, uh, cam girl sort of era. Like, but just barely. Yeah. Pornhub and all that other stuff hadn't really taken off yet. Yeah, yeah. This was this was still in the like DVD, VHS, pornography market. Right, right. Um, so essentially, it's it's them deciding to save their save their relationship, save their uh, their apartment, and then of course some feelings develop and yeah. they end up falling in love. And oh, I actually just treasure this person as more than a means to an end. It's got some really good. My man, shout out to Craig Robinson. Uh, that guy, he's the one to watch. There's something him and Katie Morgan. Yeah, Katie Morgan's surprisingly very funny, and obviously Jay Jay Muse has a really funny performance. Uh, yeah. talking about the Dutch rudder and everything. That's right. Uh, yeah, no, but I I've always had a thing for uh, uh, Craig Robinson. He's always been very funny to me. It seems like a genuinely really cool dude. Yeah. Plus, yeah. he gave us the greatest band name ever, and Bobby Shad and the Bad Men. Dude, <laughs> Cox, so he gets a pass for life. So, but yeah, that's a good movie. Though. I. I uh, I saw that one with my friend Paul. He went out and saw it, and then he's telling, me, like, oh, "What'd you think?" And he's like, "I fucking loved it." And I saw it as well in the Dollar Theater when we still had one. Mm-hmm. Again, it, it it's not necessarily a bad movie. It's just sort of of the Kevin Smith movies. It's a little bit middle of the road. You can tell the, that there is some studio influence in the sense of Judd Apatow had been knocking it out of the park with all the things he produced. Right, and there's kind of you can kind of tell that whatever studio was like can you make us a Judd Apatow like movie you know what that, that's a really good description actually it, it, it's almost it's it's a really good hybrid or maybe a bad hybrid of Kevin Smith trying to do a Judd Apatow movie which is still great because yeah. there's it's two creators that I really love but you're right I think maybe he loses a little bit of his a voice a little bit of it yeah, yeah and I think it's it's pretty it seems like studio influence but again without me being the guy I don't know so, anyways, what else is on your list there, boss? So, after that, I'm going to go Clerks 2. Clerks 2, eh? That was the one that introduced Rosario Dawson into the Clerks universe. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's basically the continuation of Dante and Randall um, 15, 15 years later after Clerks, you know? And so, sort of, it picks up on where they are in their lives. And, you know, the quick stop has been shut down or burned down or whatever. And so... It's them moving into the fast food industry and sort of 
how it's 90s conversations held in a 2005 setting, I think is the year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just insert, I mean, the guy who plays Randall is always good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The character of Randall is always a blast. And uh, so you just insert his same uh, his same wit and everything like that into just different things. Instead of talking about Star Wars, he talks Lord of the Rings and this right, third. Right. So it's just a little more topical, but yeah. Um, I can't believe I can't remember his fucking name. That's going to bug me. It's Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson. Jeff Anderson, thank you. Fuck. Yes, sir. Oh there you God, go. I redeemed me. myself earlier for thinking... <sighs> Peter Jackson directed Canadian Bacon when it was and Michael sh- Moore. And I should have really known Jeff Anderson. I can see you sweating over there. I was, I was trying to let you come to it naturally. But yeah, you're good. You're I'm just good. bugging out left, yeah. looking side to side. It's all good, my guy. We oh, got God. there. We got there. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Anderson is, and and he kind of is the the one to watch in in, in that movie. I, I, I it's, it's almost like a Laurel and Hardy. No, Rosario a, Dawson's the one to watch. She's well, one of my favorites. She's gorgeous. No, nah, she's just... When you write, you can always tell when somebody's delivering a line or when it seems like they're just responding. Everything I've ever seen her be in, it's like Regina King. It just seems like she's just responding. Like oh, she's as really opposed to like... Delivering like, a line. Like like a genuine response as opposed to like, this is what my next line is. Yeah. yeah. Got you. Yeah. Got she's you. very I'll, natural. I'll buy that. Yeah. 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 So, I've always, at least in my opinion, every time and I've she's seen her. fucking phenomenal to look at. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. So Now, Clerks 2, I'm with you on that one. Well, I just... Again, I... I in terms of the Kevin Smith progression, which is something that we talked about, you know, it's it's interesting to see. It's interesting to see some of my favorite characters pick up their life story fifteen years later and sort of check in, and it all makes sense. Like, of course, that's where these people would be. You know, that's that's where these kids, you know, would be in their life. Like, they never moved out of Jersey. They never made anything. They're just sort of still getting by, still doing the bare minimum required in order to like exist as a whole person quote unquote you know even though they're both very very broken individually yeah having your your old high school buddies come in who are successful when you're working at a fast food joint fuck you right and you're like mad at them for being successful but it's really it's about you right so yeah right 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 right. yeah exactly exactly like in a weird way like sort of turning around and being like we all have had that moment in our lives and usually it comes in your like late 20s mid 30s something like that where you have this like what have i accomplished what have i yeah. really done and i think that that movie touches on that exact sentiment very very it does. very very well it might harp on it a little too long like it maybe it, it hits the nail a little too squarely on the head a little bit. Without, like, it, it, I would have liked to see the movie expand and go other ways. And and I say this, and, like, there's a donkey show, and there's yeah, all these say it pivots characters. Into, it pivots into some silliness as well. It, yeah, but it, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a little too... So we're not ranking what you think his best movie. You're just saying your favorites. Right? Yes. Okay, yeah. because right, there's a difference. Because I would have put that... I think that's probably his third best movie, but it's not my third Ooh, favorite. Okay. But yeah, go ahead, though. Go ahead, okay. though. So after Clerks 2, I'm going to put Tusk. I fucking love Tusk. I love Tusk as well. And the weird thing is, is that like, this is another one of those movies that is so unlike every other Kevin Smith movie. Like, if you hate Kevin Smith, watch Tusk. Because it is not a Kevin Smith movie. It might solidify I, your hate for him, though. <laughs> it might. It might. It might. It might. I mean, there are... there are. If you Kevin, hate Kevin Smith's tone, I think, is what you mean. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, basically, Tusk is just a David Cronenberg body horror where... 
uh, a guy who's played by Justin Long is who's already got his underrated performance of the week from a Galaxy while ago. Quest. Oh, yeah, yeah, from Galaxy Quest, and but I also Tusk and Dodgeball. We talked about and Dodgeball. He's you know a, what? He might have to. He might get a second one. Might have to go up on the. On we'll the, think on about the it. Hall of Fame. We'll deliver. He's up there with Renner. Uh, he plays a podcaster who, long story short, just gets suckered into uh, a horrible situation where he goes to visit a guy and hear his story so he could record it for his podcast. And then the guy decides to turn him into a walrus. Yeah. In horrible, body-mutilating fashion. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. The Johnny Depp cameo that's... Uh... I was just going to say, yeah. yeah. I, I almost didn't want to give that away, but like... Johnny Depp is in this movie. I'm not going to say which role he plays, but if you can spot him, go yeah, for it. it yeah. It's 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 pretty good. Um, so yeah, and and it, it's all great practical effects. Like they turn, they literally turn Justin Long into a walrus. It's it works in the fact that like the the walrus suit looks cheap. By like, if you're like a Hollywood standard, you know, sure, sure. like it works in the sense of I mean, this it, guy it, is it making looks like a rubber suit. But yeah, but this guy's making it out of skin. Like it, it kind of works for the movie. Like it, it shouldn't look very sophisticated. It's like patchwork. It's the fact that it looks. I don't, I don't mean like it's not a lot of the. You can tell it's a budgeted movie. Like it's sure. not infinite budget kind of thing. And it kind of plays for this movie because the but again, it looks it's, fucked up. Again, it's if you give me six million dollars, right. I will turn. I will turn around sixteen million dollars profit. In no way does it detract from anything. It's like sometimes no, with CGI, no, no. you're like. Certain movies, if it's like Thanos, like you carry in Infinity War, I need you to look real. Right. And other things, it's like I can forgive you because you got your point across. Right. Like, all right, cool. Right. right, right, like, right. And quite frankly, Michael Parks, the guy who plays the rest the, in peace, the, right? the yeah, yeah, the guy who plays the villain in the movie, the the Victor Frankenstein, if you will, or the David Cronenberg, phenomenal performance. I mean, yeah. he gives this great monologue about why he wants to turn uh, Justin Long into a walrus. Oh, as he's realizing he's paralyzed? That's right. a fucking yeah. great scene. He tells this this whole soliloquy, and it's he, he hits every, every dramatic note. I mean, like, just every line is delivered with such sincerity and villainy and venomousness. And alliteration. Alliteration, right. <laughs> it's very voracious and vocal and... Varied vocabulary. <laughs> nice work. That was, was off the top, ladies and gentlemen. That was off the top. Uh, but uh, yeah, he, I mean, just, he's so juicy in this. I mean, yeah. he literally is the one to watch. I mean, Justin Long is great. And you, like. get, you get Haley Joe Osment as the, as the best friend. And, and uh, uh, you know, you get certain Kevin Smith view a Scooniverse can It's pretty cameos. much Michael Parks and Justin Long. But it's pretty much my, their show. It, it, it is very, it, it's very... Like I said, Kevin Smith has a tendency to do very talking heads movies, but this is just a delicious example of yeah. that. It, I, I like I like Tusk a lot in terms of you, even if you hate it, you're like, well, I've never seen something like that before. So it is original, but uh, it, it overstays its welcome a little bit. It drags, but I I genuinely like Tusk a yeah. lot though, yeah. and that's just my personal take on it. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see that one on the list too, though. Well, I guess they're all going to be on the list, but yeah, right, right, somewhere. right. So after that, I'm going to do Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, that's probably three for me. Really? Yeah, I like that movie a lot. Okay. I like that. okay. Will Ferrell. Why is, is that? Just is it? I just I love silly shit. If you haven't noticed, man, and sure, that movie yeah, yeah. is is along the same lines of like, uh, 
the ladies' man or the like the things that I like of just it's, being silly. It's like silly. a living cartoon. Yeah, I, and I just like yeah, shit like yeah. that. And I, it's, again, Will Ferrell is is so great to watch in that. And yeah, I mean, I, it's Will Ferrell, like, and you I can't go wrong. I have the biggest crush just fucking fat on Shannon Elizabeth. I had uh-huh. even before I was mad in American Pie. Because I remember like seeing her on enough boobs. No, 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 no. <laughs> I remember, but I was like, no, you're such a wholesome girl. Don't do it. I didn't want to see her do that. You got your whole. Like, I did your whole like fame situation. Like, don't you want to be a star? Like, no, don't no, do don't it. Don't do no. it. Yep, yep. But no cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about cookie real quick. This is a Marcus tangent. Check that bingo box. But uh, Cookie Johnson, Magic Johnson's wife. Most patient woman in the whole fucking world, man. That's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> but anyways, no, uh, I wait. You did what? No. no, no. But anyways, uh, yeah, I know, right? Magic, Magic Johnson was sleeping with like twelve women inside the locker room. Like it was like that. And you're like, well, Cookie, I'll be home in a little bit. And she's like, okay, Magic, okay, Irvin, Magic Johnson, whatever. Okay, Irvin. Yeah, okay, Irvin. Like, and he had this wholesome, like, thousand watt smile that everyone loved on the camera. And he's like, by the way, HIV positive. Like what? Anyways, I'm sorry. Say what now? Yeah, say what now? So shout out to you, Cookie Don't worry, Johnson. Baby. I got $150,000 I can throw at it annually. Yeah, we're so. gonna cure this, you and me. Shout out to you, Cookie Johnson. <laughs> Not enough of you in the world, but uh, yeah. But you keep going. I don't want to talk about. Uh, or you, you brought up Strike Back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's what we're on. Okay, sorry, my tangent threw me off. But no, I uh, I just like that movie. This the cartooning of it, and just Shannon Elizabeth and Jane Silent Bob. The whole, I am the clit commander. That is one of my favorite scenes in a comedy. I make that shit work. I pinch that little, I put my nose, this is what I do. Sometimes I go, oh, you oh, little, you little fuck. fuck. Yeah. The you little fuck has become so ingrained in my vocabulary. Like, when I was playing GameCube, the C-stick was that little fuck. Like, all of it. So, I'm, I'm a big so, fan of that movie. So, just to, just to reiterate the, the plot line, just so people know what we're talking about. Jay and Silent Bob from Clerks, from Mallrats, find out that... There's a movie being made about the comic book likenesses of them, and they decide that it's going to make them look like assholes. So they decide to make a five-day Five road day. trip <laughs> yeah. to go shut down production of the movie that is about them. Yeah. And hilarity ensues along the way. And there's there's you know hilarious celebrity cameos. They get James Vanderbeek. They get uh, American Pie. And so many people. Uh, Sean William Scott Sean crushes William Scott. it. He's, yeah. he's only on screen for like two minutes, but he's so fucking funny. God, who else is in that? Uh, Elijah Dushku, Shannon Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Diedrich Bader. Mark oh, Hamill? what a lovely tea party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mark Hamill's in it? Mark Hamill. Cockknocker. That's yeah. right. No, I just like that one. But, yeah. Anyways. Uh, that's enough out of me from that. Anywho. Uh, I, yeah. Plus, it's just a good road trip movie. And I like it, it, is, it is a good buddy road trip movie. It's it's pretty funny. Like, yeah. Even if you're not... You, you do kind of have to be up on your Jay and Silent Bob lore to sort of like... You, 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 you have to have seen a Kevin Smith movie to really get all the jokes. But it's not necessary. Nah, it's not. Uh, let's see. So after that, we're going to take a weird left turn. Okay. And I'm going to say Red State. Never seen it. Can't comment. But I've heard it is the one to watch. It's the one that's on my super high on my list. And if I ever find it cheap on DVD somewhere, I will be buying it immediately. I will say that this is the most unlike... This is the most un-Kevin Smith movie on this list. Okay. Like... So basically, it's about... um, how do I put this? It's it's a 
it's about Jonestown. It's about the uh, what was the the Phelps Church, uh, Westboro Baptist. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it's basically like what would happen if Jonesboro or Westboro Baptist Church really, really embraced the Second Amendment. Yeah, which so these group of teenagers, one of which is played by Austin Butler. Uh, goes into they hook up with a woman from like some back page site or like hookers.com or grinder or whatever whatever go to meet this girl they get uh tricked they get uh chloroformed or poisoned or whatever wake up in the middle of this religious family cult that is determined that the apocalypse is coming very very soon yep and they are all about guns, God, and country. Yeah, that sounds like the least Kevin Smith of them all. But yeah, um, I, I would love to watch. When, in fact, how about this? When I do finally get a copy, we'll we'll circle back to that one. But I've I've heard nothing. I have a copy. Oh, I'll do? loan it to you. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd love to watch it. And it's got John Goodman in it. That's Selby. Who yeah. is phenomenal to watch. I mean, like. This is a guy who, like his whole character arc is playing, he tries to play somebody who wants to walk the line of being responsible for his job, but also trying to be as human as possible. Like, he's an FBI agent who's basically called in to, like, take over the the compound and, like, try to do it without violence and try to, without guns, you know, bloodshed or whatever. Another Waco? <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and they make mention of that, you know, they make mention of Ruby Ridge and stuff like that. Yeah. So it, he plays this phenomenal job of a man who is walking the line of, I have to do my job, but also I can't turn this into another media fiasco. I can't turn this, this guy into another martyr by right. just, you know, storming the compound and shooting everybody or whatever. Um, and then you add the horror aspect of it. It's not necessarily a horror. It's it's definitely more of a thriller. So that's like, what I like, tension. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's very tense. The, yeah. It, from the minute that the kids get drugged and wake up in the compound, it's just a high wire act of like, which way are we going to fall? Nice. Yeah, definitely I will watch that and we'll get back to you on that one. Cool. Sure. Um, yeah, and it's 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 got a weird ending, but I, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's kind of a, like, I'm not saying the ending is bad. It's just not what you would expect at all. Okay. Uh, let's see. So after Red State, I'm going to go Clerks 3. Okay. Uh, there's no uh, recency bias to that, is there? No. Uh, recency I, bias, I believe. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. no. Yeah, I'm not, recency I'm, pieces bias. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I'm not just saying it because it's the most recent Kevin Smith. I was just curious. No, no, no. I, I do, need objective fact. Michael, the people are counting on us. Oh, uh, counting is, on you. Which, which is why I put this over Clerks 2. Okay. Because I think that while Clerks 2 is a great continuation of the original Clerks story... It is very much the middle movie. It is. This one sticks to landing. And we've, we've spoken about... We did a whole dive on it. So we can probably spare all the details sure. of it. But um, I, I agree with you in the sense that I think this one really sticks to landing. My fear initially was that it was going to be a biopic of how Kevin Smith made Clerks. And I, and they pivot out of it, thank God. And I know I think you wanted them to do that more. And I was like, don't take this the wrong way, but I've already seen the documentary on how sure. Clerks was made. So basically, Clerks 3 is Randall has a heart attack and focuses on his life. And re- again, like we were talking about, like, what is my legacy? What am I right. leaving behind? And he decides, like, fuck it. I'm just going to make a movie about 
my everyday situation. So essentially, Randall decides to make the movie Clerks. Yeah, and that's a... It's a really... I do... I think they really stick the landing in the sense of it shows their the relationship of Dante and uh now I'm not Randall. Call, now I want to call him Jeff Anderson and Randall really comes to a boiling point and yes. they say one of my favorite lines in all of it Kevin Smith always has a way of this one is incredibly emotional like I very much I cried I, yeah. I, I cried it's, I didn't expect that from this movie I thought I might because as Kevin Smith is getting older he's getting pretty emotional himself mm-hmm. but uh the idea that somebody just sits back and mocks everything and is like, oh, I'm cooler than you because I say so. Let me just make fun of everything. And it's like, who are you? You never tried anything. Right. You were fine sitting at a fucking convenience store. You were fine when you went to work at a fast food place. All you cared about was just sitting around talking shit all day. And he's like, what of us, that? and I've been here with it the whole time, what of us that want more? The people that want more that actually go out and take the... You take you, the initiative, or take or take, the, take the swing and miss. You want to laugh at them for fucking missing the shot in the first place right. when your ass is on the bench and too afraid to fucking take it in the first yep. place. So fuck you. And like right. hearing all of that was just it was such it was a nice way of, of kind of painting a lot of the ways that I feel and kind of remembering myself of like you should maybe not do that to people, you know, and always trying to be the coolest person in the room and all that shit. Like it's it's all ego. And sure. So like, very much, like, and I'm, I'm big on ego deflation, sure. obviously, but. It was really poignant to that. Being the snarky, smart-ass cynic is fun and cool when you're 20. Right. When you're 45, it's kind of sad. Yeah. It's it's a little bit played out. It's a little bit like, okay, yes, you can bitch and moan about everybody else's life, but what have yeah. you done? Right. Fuck you know? have you put into the stream of life? Nothing. Right, 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 right. So it's very that one's very close to my heart because I agree with a lot of the sentiments and overall thematic uh, points they're trying to make and just the overall narrative of that and the story they're trying to tell is very close to my heart. So mm-hmm. I, I do like Clerks 3 a lot. Yeah. I just, again, I had to ask because I don't want it to be... I, I think I think that it, it, in terms of emotionality and, and sort of... Poignancy, as it were. Poignancy, but also, like I said, you know, like Clerks checks in at a certain point in your life. Clerks 2 checks in at a certain point it's in your true. life. Clerks 3 is sort of the culmination of all that of like now what does it all mean right you know and and i think that it's a it's a really good it puts a nice little bow on the entire dante and randy dante and randall saga i i agree fully that was the way you said that i'm on board yeah let's see so after clerks three i'm gonna go dogma okay well i've already spoken on dogma sure i I fucking love dogma yeah so basically dogma for those who don't know is a woman is tapped to save the entire universe from these angels, played by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, who have a vengeance against God and have found a loophole that even though they were ever forbidden from entering heaven, this loophole will negate all of existence and let them into heaven. Yeah. Because spending another day in, what is it, Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Yeah. It's far worse. Where'd they go? Hell? Worse. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, like it's Alan Rickman. We hit me Who was phenomenal yeah. in that movie. He's good he was so though. good. That's the one to watch. Alan Rickman is great. And Chris Rock. Chris Rock's a, yeah. He's a really good actor, actually. I, I'm a big fan of Chris you Rock. You know Jesus? Shit. Know him. Brother owes me 12, 12 bucks. Well, take 12 bucks, yeah. So that makes Bethany part black. <laughs> and there's just enough silliness in that movie where it's like they're talking about heaven and hell and they're making jokes about holy bartender. He's like, how do you make a holy bartender? He pulls the Uzi out and sprays him. 
He's like, and like two minutes later, Jay starts laughing. He's like, fucking holy bartender. That's a fucking great one. <laughs> it's just, there's a shit monster in it. And it's talking about like the end of the world, but it's still yeah, very silly. It's, it's an apocalyptic movie. That, it's a crisis of face movie. It, crisis it, it of really is. Movie. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's, a, it's an apocalypse movie that is couched in a man having a crisis of faith. Yeah. And it, it's really Kevin Smith coming to terms with like, I've been Catholic for all these years. What do I really believe now? And, and, and like, it has a meaning of life quality in the sense of like, this is how I feel about faith. And he says some things in it that are like the fact that Monty Python made a movie called the meaning of life mm-hmm. and it's fucking complete absurdity. And he's like, dogma, this is my, my take on faith. And if you zoom out again, it's fucking hilarious. Sure. It's like, sure. Oh, and it's not saying, Oh, it's all a joke to me, but he threads the needle. There's on very this one. serious points. In yeah, there, and he for threads sure. the needle pretty well on that one, I think. So. Well, and and it has one of my one of my favorite lines that he's ever written, where um, Chris Rock plays the thirteenth apostle who was left out of the Bible because he's black. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he talks about how like, you know, Jesus had an idea, right? You know, and like it's you can change an idea, you can alter an idea, you can change your mind, you can develop and, and understand an idea but like faith a belief and he says a belief, belief that's yeah, people die over that shit you know yeah yeah that that's something serious you know that's rigid that is that is something that is unchangeable and and you know people have died over it. people have killed over it you know the whole world may end over a belief but an idea that's something simple and pure yeah which is really how i've always in in the best way like i'm i'm not a religious person but like if I was, that would be my idea of of what God is and and what the you know the the the, the simplicity of creation of it all. Does that make sense? Like, no, I'm with. I, I get it, man. It's um, it's a good line and it speaks to you in the sense of it's easier to hold on to than going. Damn, I have to swallow the whole. I'm gonna pick a religion here. I have to swallow the whole Catholic pill all at right. once. Like that comes with a lot of extra shit. But the idea pill is a little like, oh, I could be wrong. Right. I have an idea though. You know. Right, 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 right. So, no, I, I I like the way you put it though. But yeah, it's you don't have to take it all in one. A belief is comes with a lot, yeah. Especially and, and like I said, it has Alan Rickman and Chris Rock, and I mean like it's it's the perfect balance of big studio movie meets Kevin Smith artistic style. Yeah, so. um, yeah, per- perfect blend of artistic style meets studio money and a big idea and a yes, very big, a idea. very complicated idea put very succinctly. Yeah. Let's see. After that, so now we're entering the top three. Okay, hit me with it. And I'm sure by now you could probably determine what they are. Yeah. Number three is going to be Mallrats. Okay. For all the reasons we've already explained. Yeah. Because it's two guys wasting time. It's literally the point of this podcast. Yes. Two yes. guys wasting time trying not to talk about the things that are really fucking bothering them. Yeah, no, I hear you. That's, that's <laughs> How can we waste time and make each other laugh? Yeah, that's probably, in terms of, like I said, that's my favorite. Yeah. I don't think it's his best, but it's, it's, that one holds a very dear place in my heart. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And sometimes that's really the initial movie. The original Jersey trilogy is pretty close to my heart, all of them. Funny you should mention yeah, that. I know, I know. Because <laughs> the next one is Chasing Amy. Okay, why Chasing Amy over, because that one is a little more earnest. I agree. I, I think that... It's very therapeutic. I mean, a lot of Kevin Smith movies, I mean, I, this is why I don't ever shit on anything like he's the artist it's his time it's his sure. money it's his create you can make whatever the fuck you want but this one is very personal to him you know like, sure i 
But in a way that I think Red State was very personal to him, and I think that Jersey Girl was very personal to him. Yes. I think that this one does a better job of incorporating humor and incorporating his sort of sardonic, sarcastic, cynical overlook on everything. But in a, in the same way, like, yes, I, I have a very cynical look of love and romance, and now I'm going to deconstruct that. And break it down and really un- and really understand why that doesn't work. Right. You know? Whereas, like, you could look at Red State and just say, like, oh, well, it's very anti-religion and here's why. Or right. here's Dogma and it's a crisis of faith movie. But it doesn't really... It, it sort of gives his opinion without really sort of breaking down, like, How may- really maybe I'm wrong on this. Or... Yeah. or, or, yeah. or Here's here's why my way of thinking is fucked up on that. Dogma is a little bit non sequitur in terms of the message he's trying to tell, in, in my opinion. Right. Chasey religion is, religion not, is good, but it's also bad. Yeah, but there's also little things in there that they're just kind of like a little bit, oh, and this, oh, and this, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. But And then there's a shit demon, and then, and then yeah, there's the chasing Amy, triplets. I mean, it's, I'm talking strictly thematically, not just like the events that play on screen, but like chasing Amy is not. It is very much so fragmental ego and dealing with a bisexual girlfriend who you feel inadequate because she's far more sexually experienced than you are. And that's so the, the plot line, the plot is. line is, is essentially what I just said. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's uh, Ben Affleck falls in love with uh, Joey Lauren Adams, finds out that this girl likes chicks and yeah. then proceeds to try and f- not necessarily force a romance, but like he falls in love with her as a person and as a friend and then realizes that like, I can't separate the two. I want to be with you because of who you are. And so now how do we deal with that? And then of course it's, it's got uh, Jason Lee is the best friend who is, I mean, he, he's the Val Kilmer of, of the entire show. And I love that's become a thing on this. It's the Val Kilmer. It's the one to look at. When we say he's the Val Kilmer, it's, him in Tombstone. He's the one that you're watching. Right. He's not the star, but he's He's the one to watch. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Where, you know, Jason Lee plays the best friend who is like, yo, dude, this is all going to end badly. And I know this because I know you and I know the type of girl that this is. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're going to be miserable at the end of this. And maybe there's a little bit of jealousy there and sexual is. tension there. There maybe. definitely is. And there's also <laughs> a things of like, he, he can't see the good in this girl. He, yeah. he, he won't allow himself to. So he's... He's, he's a little willing, biased. Yeah, he's, he's willing it on there. Like, oh, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's like, dude, you're not helping me. The only thing I don't like about that movie, and and this is just after years of watching it, I never noticed it the first time, but like, it doesn't really work in the fact of like, Holden never does anything that's really, that comes across as that appealing to hmm. Joey Lauren Adams. It, it doesn't seem as believable the most recent time I watched it. He never does anything that's like, that makes him stand out above the crowd. Like, if she has so many options, like, why this... Inc- like, she doesn't need a project in her life. and Sure. So why would she allow herself to... Ultimately, this is... Looking at it by today's standards, this movie's incredibly progressive when it came out, but, like... But not even using, like, today's lens or whatever like that. But, like, you certainly can't do it nowadays. Like, why would she need a man to save her from her own sexuality? I, and I agree. And, that, it, and he doesn't do anything that's like, wow, what a catch this guy is. You well, know what I mean? Does well, that make sense? Well, other than other than when he finds out that she is a lesbian, he actually does put his emotions on the back burner and and he he actually tries to get to know her as a friend and as a person and like 
enjoys her enjoys her company. That's true. And That's true. and and the unfortunate part of that is is that because he really enjoys her company and and enjoys her as the person she is he falls in love with her like all over again, you know? And and that's sort of the conflict in terms of like I do respect you as a friend, but goddamn, I would I would be remiss if if I couldn't find some way to like make you part of my life in right. in like in a romantic because you're all I'm looking for. I agreed. It's it's a little it's a little overbearing. It's a little uh, uh, yeah, male but... male gaze centric. It and I mean it's written from a guy's perspective, certainly. Sure, but it's sure. also I never realized like, after there was, he never does anything that's so over the top of like wow this guy, you know. It's like he's just a dude that kind of hangs out with her and appreciates her. And maybe that's all you need. Maybe it's just the right time in your life. But in my opinion, there was never any like. Like, he why never, would she fall in love with him kind of thing? Yeah, like, he like, never did anything to Like, really, other than see him as anything other than a friend. Because, let's be very real here. I mean, it has been Affleck. Well, no, I get that. <laughs> I'm not saying he's not a bad-looking guy, but... And maybe it is. Maybe it's a beautiful person thing that I understand. Two hot people find each other. But like, I'm so tired of being ugly. Yeah, but fucking... A lot of pretty girls, and this is just my opinion, I don't think... Maybe they do, but... Finding a guy to feign interest in you is can't be that hard. Sure, uh, and I'm not saying, and that's ultimately what Ben Affleck was doing until he was like, "Oh, it's actually a really cool person." But like initially, it's all ego, and it's all oh, sure. surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's hot, and she's into chicks, dude. Uh, the the guy dumb brain kicks in, but like, and I'm and yes, it does get deeper than that. And I'm sure that she probably is longing for a guy friend like that. But like it's why would she stop there? You know, it's like you could find some dude to feign interest in you to listen to your stories long enough. The second you find out that they're only doing this to sleep with you, right. yeah, that's the exhausting part. That's the exhausting right. part. You right. Know? And right, that's right, right. and he never that's what he's doing initially. And it's like it's, but somehow he just kinda weasels his way into this like friend zone that he's secretly still just yeah, I'm still trying to fuck you. And it's like eh. I, I, I think So that's the only thing I, bump I think up into we now. as the audience realize that. I don't think Ben the the was it Holden? Yeah. I don't think Holden the character realizes that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like so so there is a little bit of separation in terms of like he honestly believes he's found his new best friend. He just happens to be in love with him. I get it. I get it. Again, it's not something I noticed initially, and maybe I'm digging a little too sure. deep into it, but it's something I mean I, I bump his, up against a little his bit. His whole his whole finale of like we all have to have sex together. It's like how did like even even at the time, even watching it for the first time in 1997, I was like, how does that make sense? Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I love a lot of broads, but I'd never be like, so now my best friend has to fuck me and you have to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, that was a leap. That was a leap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a leap. Like, I, I understand what he was going for, but I don't think he necessarily, like, hit the emotional mark that was intended. Yeah. No, that's why that one... I appreciate Chasing Amy a lot, but it's not as high on my list. All right. Well, fuck it. I'll put Mallrats above that. Yeah, no. Fuck, <laughs> look, I'm not talking out of it. This is definitive, Michael. So, you're, I shouldn't even be mentioning my list. My list is irrelevant. So. so, of course, that leaves but one. Clerks. Clerks. I get it, man. And... Again, it's it's grunge music, but in visual style. It's it's raw. It's it's got really hard edges to it, but it still really resonates. I mean, it, essentially, it comes down to two friends wasting not wasting each other's time, but trying their best to fulfill each other's time 
while wasting everybody else's. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the it's be- ultimately about nothing, too. It's kind of... It is, it is. Like, stuff happens in it, but it's like... And, and I shouldn't say that. It's about stuff, but it's, it's... No, stuff happens. Right, right. But essentially, it's about 24 hours in the day of two people who have nothing better to do. Yeah. So, of course, stuff happens, but is it all important? Is it all... Like, it's important to them. Like... It's, it's the beauty of being 22, 23 years old and you have your, you know, you know just enough to like sort of understand who you are, but you don't have any worldly knowledge. And so you're still trying to find that out. Um, you know, it's the beauty of two friends being honest with each other and yet still trying to bullshit each other and, and not interfere with each other's feelings, you know, walking the fine line of like, Hey man, I got some important shit to say. So I'm going to use an analogy right. to, to illustrate my point, but it's really about you yeah. because I love you, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> and it, there's a, I never, big, I never thought of it that way, but yeah, it, it, it's almost, it's, it's a symphony of cynicism met with a little bit of grunge of, aesthetic appeal like like i mean the whole movie's black and white and it's very snappy dialogue i mean i think the movie tops out at like what 98 minutes or or 100 minutes something like that um so it's very in and out and yet you meet all these characters and and but you you understand each individual character's motivation and what they want you know like Dante is just trying to figure shit out and he's he's almost too intellectual about it. You know, he's overthinking it, whereas Randall is just like, yo, dude, I'm on coast mode. I could do this for the rest of my life and make fun of people and live perfectly happy and you should join me on that. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Veronica is, I want commitment. I want you to take the next step. I want step you to forward. take the next step and, and be be a real man. And but, then, not, but don't do it for me, do it for you, Dante. Yeah. Which but is, also do it for no, me. No, no. Yes, I mean, yes, do it for me. But like, it's like, I want you to do better. But I want you to want it. You know, right, right, like, right. Eh. So. And then of course you bring in Caitlin, who is the the temptress from you know past remembered lives of like romanticized. Sure, yeah. like you know the one girl I never hooked up with. Mm, let me go check her Facebook page real quick. Oh, yeah. she looks real good. <laughs> right. Oh man. Like yeah, I feel you. The, 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 you know it, it's. It's that. It's it's this grunge movie about very serious topics, and yet he walks the line of just keeping it lighthearted. Like yeah. they're just two dudes having a conversation. Yeah, like we're talking about things, but we're not really talking about the thing that we mean to be talking about. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like like let me tell you about my Star Wars theory and how everybody who built that was a contractor and they were all innocent victims. But also, like, let's not talk about the pain you're going through and how, like, you can't make a decision and, you know, you're always going to be constantly floating through life. Yeah, it's... If somebody said that was his best movie, I, you wouldn't hear me argue. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So it's a, anyway. that's the highest regard. But yeah, no, I, I love the list. For the most part, I'm on board with you. There's a little nitpicky things I might what, switch okay, around. What, but what would you switch up? Uh, I, I pretty much spoken already. Like I would put Chasing Amy a little bit lower. But okay. again, I, and it's not a knock on the movie. It's just where I would put it. I would sure. probably put Strike Back a little bit higher. Okay. Um, everything else I could see its place right there. So cool. 
definitive though. We've done the work for you. Michael has done it. Thank him. <laughs> I thank you, sir, for uh, putting me on Kevin Smith as he's yes, been sir. a big part of my life via podcast and everything else and what he's done for geek culture in general, being a comic book fan and Star Wars fan and all that shit. It's been fun to watch. So, um, Any closing notes or anything, man? Uh, I'm just going to say snoochie boochies. Nooch. I'm with it. Um, well, I guess that's it, man. Let's sign out, man. Cool. Uh MD3 signing out, man. Uh, the Marvelous Mike D. Catch you later. Go watch a movie. And talk about it with somebody that you nooch. <laughs> <laughs>